What's up, motherfuckers? You're listening to the Cinephiles Digest podcast. My name is Matt. Joined is today... Oh my god, Tom, what have you done? <laughs> I'm joined today by Tom. Hey, what's up, dude? And I'm also joined today by Travis. Hello. The- <laughs> we got the gang back together. Uh, Travis was out uh, last week, or I guess last time we recorded, pounding around in Arizona. Uh, how was your trip? It's pretty fun. Mostly consisted of drinking and partying and then spending the next day hungover in the hotel room. Right on. It's a lot of fun. Saw Marshmallow. He killed. Marshmallow. Oh, yeah. I think I, <laughs> I know the name. Uh, DJ. EDM artist. Oh, yeah. I saw him in the background of somebody's like uh, single or something. You know, it's like Ariana Grande with oh, yeah. Marshmallow. Probably. <laughs> I think he did a song with Selena Gomez recently. Ah, wow. Is that it? That so he only, super with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he only pairs up with uh, trash pop stars, Selena Gomez and uh, Ariana Grande. Yeah. Ariana or Grande has an amazing voice. EDM artist. She has a great voice. So is Mariah Carey. doesn't I mean she's a good artist. <laughs> yeah, well, I liked one of her songs. She has one one or two good songs. That song she did with Biebs is, is decent, mm-hmm. from what I remember. Yeah, I can't say I've ever heard a Selena Gomez song. I don't know if I have either. I think I'm, prob- I'm probably good, though. I think. You probably have. <laughs> At Macy's. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Glad you had a good time. Yeah. Uh, Tom, what have you been up to uh, since we recorded last? Uh, had a pretty quiet Thanksgiving on the Oregon coast. I did go to Cannon Beach. And uh, as an Oregon native, I think I'm the only Oregonian who had not been to Cannon Beach before. Oh, wow. I've been um, there plenty of times. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. It's nice because, you know, normally you go to a Pacific Northwest beach and it's cold and there's nothing to look at. You leave after like 20 minutes. We left after like 30, <laughs> but got to look at those rocks the whole time. So that was cool. How was the weather? Uh, it didn't rain that day. We got really lucky. But it wasn't sunny out or anything? Uh, I mean, it wasn't like gloomy. It was it was pretty nice. The water was a little choppy. Um, you know, got a beer in town. Got to post those pics, man. I don't take pics. Oh. <laughs> I haven't taken a photo in like six years. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I'm just watching the Blazers lose game after game. You know, they're yeah. just steadily no, falling. Anymore, huh? uh, they're 13 and 10, six in the West. Ouch. It's pretty rough out there for them. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, the season's young. They could still uh, plummet even further. (laughs) Sweet. Well, you have to routinely catch us up on how the Blazers are doing. I will. Yeah, if there's something exciting, I'll let you know. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, uh, sports correspondents, uh, Tom. (laughs) Uh, What have I been doing? Oh, I saw a couple shows last time we recorded. What's new? Uh, Paris and I were going to go see... uh, Oh, seeing shows. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we went and saw Citizen and Sorority Noise. That was cool. But the real highlight is that I saw Jawbreaker again. They played a show in Olympia, Washington as a benefit for the Thurston County Food Bank at a theater called the Olympia Capital Theater, I think. And it's usually like a, it's operated by the Olympia Film Society. So it's mostly like a movie theater. And uh, all the seats were still in there, so it was like, there was a small gap between the stage and the first row, so every, like a bunch of people tried to cram into the front, but there really wasn't much room. Yeah. I was sitting in the seats, uh, they were fucking incredible, but the crowd was like, 
it was like most people there didn't even give a shit that they were seeing Jawbreaker. Like, uh, my friend Hannah went and I asked her how it was and she texted me and she was like, band, 11 out of 10, crowd, 4 out of 10. And she said it seemed like all of the people who used to stand around and not do anything at shows and be awkward, like all got together for one last hurrah for this show, <laughs> which is kind of what it felt like. Uh, it was really good though. It was awesome to see them in such like a, a small venue. That uh, sounds like... So you were sitting in a movie theater chair for this whole show? Well, everyone was standing. Oh, okay. Yeah. You were standing in front of your seat in rows, organized. Yes, yes. Well, but there were also people all up and down the aisles. So weird. It was a weird space, but uh, the last show they ever played before they broke up in 1996 was in Olympia at that venue. So it's like, here we are 21 years later and they're playing again. So. Should have went to that show, Matt. I, I really missed out. I should have asked my parents like to bring me. I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> parents were dicks and they said no. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. Other than that, just uh, been hanging out, playing video games, you know, the huge. Cool. Nothing too fancy. But uh, anyway, at the top of the show, I forgot to talk about what we were going to be discussing this week. Uh, this is episode 24 getting to that now uh we're gonna be talking about coco the latest film from pixar animation studios uh we got some other things we'll be talking about uh tom and travis caught up with three billboards so they'll give us their impressions Mm -hmm. uh, so that'll be cool uh we're gonna introduce a new segment at the end of the show and we also the real treat this week is we're gonna be doing a pixar bracket so 16 pixar films we cut a couple from the bracket Coco is included, so we'll do the bracket after we discuss Coco. So that'll be fun. We'll be yeah. crowning a winner. Get your kids together, film. and we'll uh, we'll tell them which of their favorites we're cutting out. Yeah, <laughs> this, if anything, is a family-friendly fucking podcast. So <laughs> gather around the living room. We're going to be talking about Pixar movies. It's going to be sweet. Uh, anything else before we get into uh, our Coco review? I don't think so. Good. Cool. All right. Well, let's dive in. We have a click. Click. We have a clip from Coco. Let us take a listen. Uh, Mira, mira. They're setting up for tonight. The music competition for Dia de Muertos. You want to be like your hero? You should sign up. Uh Uh-uh. My family would freak. Look, if you're too scared, then, well, have fun making shoes. Come on. What did De La Cruz always say? Seize your moment? Show me what you got, muchacho. I'll be your first audience. All right. Coco is the latest feature film from Pixar. The voice actors in the film are Gail Garcia Bernal, Anthony Gonzalez, Benjamin Bratt, uh, a couple other names here I'm not familiar with. Plot synopsis reads, Aspiring musician Miguel, confronted with his family's ancestral ban on music, enters the land of the dead to work out the mystery. What did you guys think of Pixar? Of Pixar? Of Coco? I haven't finished my coffee yet. Give me a break. (laughs) Well, I thought it was great. I loved my experience. It's a little bit um, more family-friendly than some other Pixar films, I think. I don't know. It had a little bit less bite to it. And it doesn't have a lot of the like really big laugh out loud parts that some other ones had. But I loved it all the same. And I thought it had some other qualities that are stronger than your typical Pixar film. It's definitely not their most high concept movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not like inside out or, uh, you know, even something like toy stories. Uh, but 
having said that, I thought it was, you know, it was funny. Definitely they have funnier films, but I thought the visuals, like probably the best they've done so far. Yeah, yeah. I just rewatched The Incredibles last night and animation has come such a long way in just like 12 years. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I know, and The Incredibles now. used to look so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of like outdo themselves with every release. Like it just gets better and better. The colors are so vibrant in this movie. Like all of the scenes during, you know, once he crosses over into the land yeah, of the when dead. Yeah, he walks up in that shot of the city, it's just like well, they, so detailed. Th- did you guys see the part, uh, it was before the movie starts, where they're talking about the creation. They were they take that scene and they're like, there's 8 million lights in this picture. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that was kind of weird. They haven't done that with a movie before. Like, in the theater, usually mm-hmm. if you get, like, the Blu-ray release or whatever, they'll have, you know, like, introduction from the cre- the creators or whatever. Yeah. Uh, also, movie opens with a 20-minute frozen short god 20 minutes at minimum it the, was so long it was it was tough to get through for yeah, sure that with the previews like we were sitting there almost an hour before we watched the movie yeah and there's been some backlash like i know some theaters have like removed the short because they've gotten so many complaints what well, i saw it like officially is going to be removed december 8th oh they really they're mm-hmm. okay i wonder if they're going to put something else in its place or if they're just going to not have it yeah <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Well, because it was a bummer for me, because I always like the shorts beforehand, but they're always Pixar shorts. Right. This is a, a Walt Disney Animation Studios short. Yeah. They don't know how to do a short. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it should have just been like a like what they did with some of those Toy Story shorts, like a holiday special, well, that's you know? That's what it was supposed to be. And then they decided to package it with yeah. Coco. Yeah, they fucked up. Bad idea. Uh, when, I, when I saw it, I was sitting next to this family of three. Like, they had, like, a young a young kid, and it was a, a bilingual family, so the mom was talking to the kid in Spanish, dad was talking in English. So the kid was really excited to see Coco. And, like, five minutes in the Frozen short, he was like, where's Coco? Where's Coco? And then the mom, like, turned around and was like, excuse me, excuse me, is, is this Coco? Are we in the right theater? And they're like, yeah, it was a Coco. Just, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. And then it just kept going and going yeah. and going. And they were so confused. And the kid was getting upset. Like, I feel like their their thought process was that kids fucking love Frozen. So it was going to be like a nice surprise for the kids. But if you yeah. think of it from the perspective of a kid, like I was talking to Tom about this, you're going into it wanting to see Coco. Mm-hmm. Kids want what they want. So you all of a sudden they're watching Frozen, even if they like Frozen. Like, and it's also just kind of a bad short. Like the songs aren't very good. Yeah. What well, I, I kind of liked it once it started to get going, like once the action like took place. But beforehand, it just felt so choppy. It was just like song after song after song. Yeah, oh God, really front loaded with the song. Yeah, they bust out three within the first like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I got annoyed when the action started happening because I it was realizing this is not going to end anytime soon. <laughs> I thought maybe after that third song they would just like that's a wrap, you know. But not even yeah. close. Yeah, so that was a bit of a slog, but Coco was fantastic. Um, really heartfelt. Uh, I definitely cried multiple times. Mm-hmm. I discussed it with you guys, but you did not cry. You're a weeping willow uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really emotional. I also feel like I uh, connected with it just because, like, you know, my, my dad's side of the family is from Mexico. So, you know, the, the family dynamics... 
Mexican families can be very, very stubborn. And, you know, there are a lot of superstition and tradition that goes along with being, you know, a Mexican family that goes back generations and generations, you know, like I can, I can uh, relate with it because uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Mexicans live to be like 120 years old. It's fucking crazy. Like my great, (laughs) my great grandfather was 102 when he died. So like, there's like five gener, like living generations in this movie. (laughs) I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, got hearty, hearty DNA. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, while we're on the topic, I feel like that's, this movie is very timely um, and they're clearly going for an inclusive, you know, culturally diverse set of films. Um, but also culturally sensitive. Like it yeah, feels very. like they put a lot of time and effort into doing their research yeah. into just the culture mm-hmm. and how the families talk to each other and, you know, yes. all that kind of stuff. I really liked how they, you know, they emphasize the sort of show don't tell. They don't handhold you through stuff like the cultural, um, you know, like the Day of the Dead traditions and stuff. It, it you understand what's going on. It's very clear, but they don't like say, so this is what day of the dead is, you know? Yeah, totally. Right. They do that a little bit. They kind of explain the basic concept of it's yeah. the day where the, the veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest. So they, right. You know, it's a tribute to those who have passed. I didn't even know the history behind it, but it was cool how it was somewhat of a history lesson, but they didn't, you know, like you said, dumb it down or mm-hmm. go into too much detail with it. Yeah. Or like the spirit animals, you know, they don't need to tell, they just use the word, which I can't remember what the word is for them, but yeah, I can't remember. Either. It's not like, Oh, they, they can all be different. And you know, X, Y, Z. It's just, no, there's all these crazy things going around. It's like, Oh, it's my spirit animal. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that I was going to love this movie when like the, the main spirit animal was like a flying, like cat. Oh my monster God. Thing. That thing yeah. was dope. Pepita or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the name of it. That, that thing was crazy. That was so awesome. All of those spirit guys were really cool. Uh-huh. God, the visuals in this movie are just spectacular. Like, yeah. Uh, I really like the way that the humans are animated too. You know, it's, you, Pixar has a way of, of animating human characters, but there really aren't that many Pixar movies uh, where like the central characters are all are all human. You know, mm-hmm. you have uh, you have the Incredibles. Um, you don't really get that in Toy Story. There are humans present, but and then you know you got a fish movie, you got a monster movie, you got cars. a movie about talking rat cars. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I I appreciated that this was you know along with Inside Out, it, it feels you know very human you know we're not exploring concepts through these like cute animal or whatever conduits you know so i appreciated that but uh what did you guys think of um they're like they're really the only thing that i would say about the movie is that there aren't too many like uh set piece moments you know as far as like action or anything like Mm -hmm. it's paced really well but there aren't a lot of ups and downs like i was super entertained the whole way through but there weren't any like sequences that like blew my mind or anything other than just looking incredible visually you guys kind of get that too yeah i agree most of the highs were like the musical performances like especially him at the talent show that was probably one of my favorite that was really cool yeah and the song he plays is awesome too um coco loco or whatever it was roco yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that was really cool uh, but yeah, there wasn't like a big action scene or anything that was like dazzling mm-hmm. or spectacular. Yeah. There were subtle moments, like parts where I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like really enjoying this part, like uh, with the Frida Kahlo stuff where she's oh, asking him what he thinks about the about the performance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and they bring some stuff back. I, I, I liked the, the, um, the way that things were kind of woven in here and there. 
Um, but I agree. There wasn't like a crazy set piece that, that really took me, you know, by surprise or, or blew my mind, but the performances are all really fun. The, like where he has to get his, uh, the attention of the party. And he's like, oh, but he'll listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, I plot wise, I thought I knew exactly where the movie was going. Like, I thought, oh, this is going to be a pretty straightforward thing. Like, I was predicting, like, oh, this is going to be this. And it's, you know, n- the plot isn't going to blow me away. And I wouldn't say it blew me away. It was more of like the emotional moments mm-hmm. that blew me away. But the story took some twists and turns that I thought were clever and I wasn't necessarily expecting, you know, Same. it wasn't like, yeah. A mind blowing. There was no huge reveal, you know, but a couple good reveals. Though. They were good, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> I thought the story was like its strongest point, aside from the visuals. Yeah, that the story was really good. Yeah, totally. And uh, the characters were really charming. And Pixar always has a way of just like without explaining everything, you really get to know the characters pretty quickly. So then when they have their emotional payoff at the end, like it really hits home. Yeah, and the same thing applies to this movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie was just super enjoyable. It's like a celebration of life, music, culture, tradition, like family. It's, and I mean, I'm obviously not Mexican, but like I could see this being like a Mexican family's favorite movie or, you know, like this is going to be their Toy Story. Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, you know, really insightful, uh, but easy to, to digest uh you know, approach to life and death and family, totally. you know, it's, it's, uh, easy to comprehend. It's not like they're being like super pretentious or anything, but the way they handle those concepts are very simple, but very impactful, you know, like, I think that's what Pixar strongest suit is, is that they make it so the kids can understand what's going on, but it also has meaning to adults who, you know, are very familiar with the concept of, of life and death and love and family and, you know, cherishing the people in your life. But, you know, the, the movie still, uh, you know, it has its impact just because they're so talented at storytelling, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like it just really works well with the Mexican culture because I know that that culture is super big on tradition and their holidays, which, like, I don't want to generalize, but, like, my family doesn't have a ton of tradition like this and we don't feel as strongly about certain things like this family does, but you can just, like, tell how important this holiday is to that family and that culture yeah but on the flip side of that uh and i you know have experience with this too when it comes to tradition i mentioned this before we're also really stubborn so like uh miguel is a musician he has to hide it from his family and anytime he even broaches the subject or they catch him doing anything remotely music related (laughs) they just immediately scorn him Mm -hmm. and uh he's given like multiple ultimatums by his family saying he can't play music you know and it's just like that internal conflict and them just you know getting over that stubbornness is part of what makes you know the the impact relief feel substantial by the end of it you know Uh, do we want to get into any spoilers or anything on this? I mean, people should just see the movie. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah I don't think we need to. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk spoilers either. But I will say uh, the payoff toward the end of the movie, uh, I was definitely crying. I know you guys uh, it's so crying, good. But it is, yeah. The final really, moments the, of that yeah, movie. Yeah, the last 15 minutes or so are really well, well done. Yeah, really incredible. They just got everything leading up to that it's just so sad and i mean you know that you know you kind of get what's gonna yeah. happen you know oh, he's gonna do this thing and then he does it but that it still feels so good right you know? <laughs> uh 
Uh, yeah, I absolutely adored this movie. It's well, I'll get into this a little bit more when we when we talk about the bracket. Um, but I feel like there are kind of tiers of Pixar movies, uh, and I'll elaborate when we get into the the bracket. But this isn't kind of like the top tier for me. Yeah, I don't want to play my too. cards too early, but I would agree. Yeah, it may not have been as I don't know the word to say. Like it didn't like necessarily blow me away, but it's so well made and so enjoyable and like the storytelling and the visuals and the music performances, everything. Yeah. Just make it a great movie. It's missing like those maybe two or three really bright stars. Those like, yeah, you know, maybe a character or, uh, or a set piece or a song or something, but it's the atmosphere and the music and the, like the glowing kind of feel, uh, inside out does this too. I feel like the colors are really just warm, Mm -hmm. glowy, bright neon colors. Uh, yeah, such a good like place to, to be for a couple of hours, but I do wish they had like one hilarious, super funny character. The dog's pretty funny. The dog is pretty yeah. funny, and that's like that's basically where they. I think that was the stand-in character. But you know, like the uh, the cat cop from um, Zootopia, the one that always watches videos on his phone and stuff. Oh and yeah, who hilarious. works like yeah. the front desk? Yeah. yeah, so funny. Or the sloth. Yeah, or the sloth. It's just it doesn't have one of those. You know, yeah. I really wish it it did. But also the way the story goes, it doesn't really, you know, have those check-in points every couple every couple scenes but yeah totally and i feel like the this movie doesn't really have that character that will just become part of like the cultural lexicon you know mm-hmm. like you have your nemo you have your woody and buzz you have like uh the incredibles is maybe similar in a way that like everyone knows those characters but they're not on the same level of like sully from monsters inc or uh dory you know like uh yeah this movie doesn't really have like that character who i think is gonna really be one of those like defining pixar characters mm-hmm. um but that's okay with me you know that's why we have i'm lightning. not gonna be buying the fucking toys so it's like that's why we have lightning mcqueen <laughs> yeah lightning <laughs> the best of the best did that um did that dog look like another character to you guys from another like movie? another dog yes it looked exactly like um well like ed kind of from the lion king the third oh, with stupid the floppy yeah, yeah the floppy tongue i've just felt like i saw that i'd seen that dog before i, I um, it's like a dog maybe, maybe. maybe something similar but you'd have to point out for me to hmm. realize yeah right. nothing's coming to mind but Fine. anyway anything else before we do star ratings <laughs> no it's five out of five for me Five stars. Five stars. Hell yeah. It's a great movie. One of the few yeah, uh, nice. the few times we've all given a five. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Go Pixar. All right. Seriously. Well, that'll do it for uh, for our Coco <laughs> review. Uh, okay. Let's get into our Pixar bracket. Uh, I put it into like a random seed, you know, like a bracket generator. So uh, none of us have seen The Good Dinosaur. So, okay. Well, there's 19 Pixar films. Coco is the 19th. None of us have seen Good Dinosaur, so we axed that one immediately. That brought it to 18. And then we cut Cars 2 and 3, just because none of us are really big Cars fans. The first one's the best. Just put Cars in there. Like Cars 2 and 3, we'll just get it like cut from the bracket immediately. Anyway, yeah, I so. like the first Cars. Yeah, so do I. It's still not going to go anywhere in our bracket. But <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I like the first Cars. I have zero interest in seeing any of the Cars movies. 
The first one, it's good. I mean, you, you could see the first one. I think you would enjoy it, but you're not missing out, you know? I don't know. But so when I was talking about like tiers of Pixar movies, for me, they're like the masterpieces, like some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I'm not going to name names because, you know, we'll get into it with the bracket. But there's there's those there's maybe like five or so of those that I think are just like top notch. Then there's the ones that are incredible. They're really, really good movies, but they don't quite hit, take it to that next <laughs> <laughs> that next level for me just looks at me when you said incredible <laughs> uh and then you have the ones that are like you know they're good there's pixar movies that are enjoyable and then you know and then you have at the bottom cars 2 so that's kind of how yeah. i break down like they found it in on play. cars 2 didn't you pixar <laughs> actually i made a, a list last night just so i would be a little bit prepared for it and did cars you rank like is, a ranked list yeah cars 2 is at the very bottom i feel like <laughs> nine out of ten people would probably have cars 2 at the bottom of their list yeah anyone who's seen all of them it's you just know, not a good movie it's a real testament to these companies though that everyone i know has seen probably three quarters of this list because why would it you know you get one a year you're definitely gonna watch it right mm-hmm. and not only well, that they have an amazing track record. So. Totally. Yeah. But they also rose to prominence when we were kids. So we have a lot of nostalgia for yeah. Pixar movies in the same way the older generations have nostalgia for, you know, like the 70s and 80s. I mean, you know, we have nostalgia for The Lion King and other like 90s Disney movies and shit. Right. But like growing up, we had Pixar movies. You know, yeah, that I don't was... remember seeing like a ton of animated movies in theaters when I was a kid, but I vividly remember Toy Story 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's go over the bracket. So, like I said, we did a random seeds. So these were not picked. These were picked for us by the computer. So I'm just gonna run down. <clears throat> uh, we have Up versus Toy Story. Ouch, that's a tough one. We got <laughs> Wally versus Toy Story Three, which I think is like the most Ouch. brutal matchup on this whole thing. We got Finding Dory against the Incredibles. I'll take one. Uh, we got. Inside Out versus A Bug's Life. We got Finding Nemo up against Coco. Cars versus Toy Story 2. Monsters, Inc. versus Ratatouille. And Monsters University, which is goes up against Brave. Which I feel like that's the one that's just like, yeah. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> so uh, if this is your first time listening to us do a bracket, we're essentially just going to go down the list, talk about the matchup. Uh, if it's unanimous, you know, we'll give a couple thoughts and just move on to the next round. Uh, there may be some fighting. I kind of feel like we're going to have... Bare knuckle brawling. <laughs> Can we work backwards and end with those two brutal matchups? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's fine with me. Uh but I'm, I'm, I think this is going to be good because I feel like some of the ones, like we're in, I feel like we all agree that like fucking Toy Story is incredible. Yeah. But which some one? of those other top, I mean, all three of them okay. are incredible. <laughs> but, you know, which one is your favorite? That'll be a discussion. And I feel like maybe we'll each have one or two that like I feel more strongly about that maybe for you might be on your like that second tier, you know? Yeah. So we'll see how this goes, but. Uh, let's dive into it. We'll we'll go from the bottom up. We'll save those those two matchups for Thank you, the end of the first round. A little suspense here. Two heavy hitters, Monsters University against Brave. Brave. Monsters University. You haven't seen Monsters University though, huh? No. Travis? That's a tough one. Um, they're both they're toward the bottom for me. For me, yeah. Um 
I will say Monsters, without playing my cards too early, Monsters, Inc., I have a lot of nostalgia for. I just watched that movie with my nephew, who's like one and a half, and had an incredible time watching it. Like, I... Throwing the sequel a bone. <laughs> it's it's definitely worse. Yeah, what are you getting at? I am. <laughs> yeah. But for me, like, because I have such a reverence for those characters... Yeah. I really didn't care too much about the characters in Brave. I think I'm going to go Monsters University just because I could see myself wanting to go watch that one again before I watch Brave. And there's somewhat of a fun aspect to it. They're in college and you get to be with those characters again. With Brave, to me, it just felt like How to Train Your Dragon, but without the dragons. And it just wasn't. You're right on that. (laughs) You're right on that. I was just thinking and that. not as much fun or as exciting as those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. But you're sexist. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Brave definitely gets points for having like, uh, you know, a, a female protagonist. And also like the relationship between the daughter and the mother is a central aspect of the film, which, you know, that I can appreciate that. And, you know, she's got this big red curly hair. She's, she's a hair. badass. You know, I like Merida. Matt loves redheads. Oh, I do. All about that shit. Uh, but not... <laughs> Enough to vote Especially for Brave archers. over Monsters <laughs> University. Uh, Monsters University is pretty funny. I've only seen it the one time, but it was just one of those movies that, like, I like the Pixar movies that, like, make me emotional. Monsters University didn't do that for right. me. It was, like, it looked good. It was fun, entertaining, but it it's not that next level Pixar shit for me, you know? Popcorn movie. Totally, totally. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah, it doesn't really U. matter. Both of these would, are just going to get annihilated <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to... I'm trying to get this bracket to, like... We're just going to have to remember the matchups? Yeah, I guess we might just have to do that. Okay, so next matchup, Monsters, Inc., Ratatouille. This one's pretty tough for me, because I love both of those movies. Yeah, Ratatouille was kind of awesome. It is. Took me by surprise. It's underrated, for sure. Um, I have to go Monsters, Inc., though. Monsters, Inc., it's really tough, but I'll just be the contrarian and go Ratatouille. Just because there's not a lot of good food movies and not like any other animated food movies. It's... And there's hardly any rat movies. That's not true. There's <laughs> right. like a thousand of them. Uh, Ratatouille, if you just like read Pixar movie plots, Ratatouille is one of the ones that's just like, what the fuck? Like a rat that learns how to cook and he's like controlling this dude like a robot and like. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's having said that it's it's really funny. Like I think it does. It's not appreciated enough for how funny it is. Patton Oswalt is great as Remy. Yeah. Um, I do think the cook character is kind of annoying. He's a little the slapsticky. Yeah, yeah, and his voice is a little annoying. They nail um, the whole food culture though. Very oh, well totally. With the critic and inside the kitchen and. It's a lot of fun. And the payoff at the end, you know, with uh, the, the critic reading his review and he's just like has this like speech about like uh, not being, you know, how critics can be pretentious and not, you know, appreciative of things that maybe aren't fine art, you know, because he the chef makes him ratatouille, which brought him back to his mother making him ratatouille when he was a kid, you know, and he was able to like rather than just be like hypercritical insert an emotional element into it yeah. you know so i i, I like that incredible. aspect of it incredible, yes. incredible. <laughs> but 
Monsters, Inc. has some of the best characters. Who doesn't love Sully? Yeah. Mike Wazowski. The whole idea of the, like, the scare factory is awesome, too. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. cool. It's clever. This is one of the like most like high-concept, mm-hmm. to- or not Toy Story movies. Yeah, Pixar <laughs> movies. You got Steve Buscemi as uh, uh, Randall, the creepy like, wizard monster Oh, my gosh, that's dude. right. He's so good. Uh, yeah, I love Monsters, Inc. We'll, we'll get into that one more in the, in the matchups ahead, but... They're both five-star movies. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, most of these movies are yeah. five-star movies for me. <laughs> so, uh, Okay, Monsters, Inc., moving on to the next round. Cars versus Toy Story 2. Oh, my God. It's fucking Toy Story 2. Let's Come on. Let's just move on. We'll get into that later. <laughs> I like Cars. Yeah, Cars so is I. fun. But it's not... It's not nearly on the level of Toy Story 2. We just said that most of these are like five-star movies for us. Cars is like a four-star movie for me. You know? Toy Story 2. Tom refuses to watch Cars. (laughs) Well, that's an easy one. I'm just not a car guy, you know? I am. But I'm a car guy. (laughs) (laughs) You're a car guy? You do love car movies. Car movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, I barely know how to check my oil, so I'm not really a car guy. (laughs) Hmm. okay well sorry cars <laughs> better luck next time <laughs> toy story 2 let's do a on. car movie bracket a car movie bracket that would be streetcar named desire gone in 60 seconds <laughs> hell yeah taxi driver <laughs> well just to piss travis off we'll put taxi driver and drive against each other in the first round <laughs> those are my babies he won't even pick he'll just kill himself on air <laughs> and then it follows he'll win <laughs> <laughs> there's a car on the cover <laughs> they drive around yeah there's a little there's a little driving <clears throat> okay next matchup uh we got coco going up against finding nemo coco it's coco for me too coco man i never thought that i would say that because i loved finding nemo when it came i out. do like finding Nemo a lot finding dory felt kind of pointless yeah yeah, Finding Dory is another one similar to from Monsters University where, yeah. you know, they're kind of, it feels like a cash-in, you know. It's a really solid movie, and there are some emotional moments. Like, I definitely teared up a little bit in Finding Dory yeah. when she's reunited with her parents and stuff. But it feels like... It's just a lesser version of the first one. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if it's true for you, but I have a little, like, Finding Nemo fatigue because some of the characters that seemed so much fun, like the the tor- tortoises at the beginning, or turtles, whatever, sea turtles, uh, the first time you watch it, now I'm like, okay, I don't want to listen to these surfer guys again. And then you have to in Finding Dory. And it's just like, Ugh. It's a little too cute. Too cute. <laughs> I do like the, uh, the, the whole fish tank in the dentist office. Everything that happens in that tank is great, though. Yeah. Mount Wanahawk. Hakalugi, hilarious. <laughs> the Rig of Fire. <laughs> uh, Finding Nemo is really funny. I'll give it that. But Finding Nemo for me is in that second tier of Pixar movies. It's really, really it's good. The top of the second tier, but it's, it's up there for me. Tier. It's totally up there. <laughs> I think it's the bottom of the first tier. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, but Coco. I mean, we've all, we you know we're talking yeah. about Coco. We and I don't think it's it. a recency factor. No, I, I think this movie will eventually rise and be one of those top tier movies just give it a little time yeah yeah i mean i, I don't know when you it's guys saw well. this but yeah i just but saw coco percolate. last night like hercules no <laughs> i said let it percolate oh <laughs> i was gonna say hercules sucks so not don't age like uh, hercules. hercules is pretty good music it's all right the opening track is good i don't remember the other doesn't ones. have un poco loco <laughs> yeah that's true mm. okay so uh 
He put the Glad in Gladiator, though. <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe put the Glad in Gladiator. Also, Hercules was not a gladiator. So that movie sucks, clearly, because they don't even know <laughs> about Hercules. Lame. All right, Coco advances to the next round. Uh, Inside Out versus A Bug's Life. Inside Bugs Out. Life. By a mile. <laughs> Matt looks at his screen and shakes his head in disgust. <laughs> Okay. Close. okay, Inside Out is amazing and it's better, but I have a lot of fondness for A Bug's Life. That, what he just said. A Bug's Life <laughs> is bottom of the bottom of the barrel is probably Cars 2, and then Bug's wow. Life is like down there. Ouch, no way. I don't think Bug's Life is that great. I think great. it's like bottom top tier or second tier. It's not very, it's, Bug's Life is good, it, but it's in that, that you know, group of like, yeah, it's solid. I didn't, even as a kid, I didn't like it that much. I think the characters are funny and it got better as I got older. The whole see, I, kept, I disagree. I kept going back to it. I I haven't seen it in a long time, but just like the dynamic between like the good guys and the bad guys and them being ants and I don't know. Was, well, not <laughs> I like other ants. ants. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. the The villain is great. The grasshopper? What's yeah, his name? Yeah, isn't that Dennis Leary? Doesn't he do the voice? Or who does that voice? It's, yeah, yeah, it's the someone like guy. that. Uh, I think it's Fuck. it's not him. It, I can picture the guy, but I can't. I don't. I don't no worry, I'm looking it up. You guys can keep talking. Well, this is kind of like a high concept movie too. This is one of the least like low concept films. It's about some fucking bugs. Yeah, but there's <laughs> there's don't they like <laughs> take from a story or I don't know. I haven't seen it a long. Well, time they to... they basically tax the ants. For their grains. Oh, hold up. Right. You I mean, guys this you guys actually can't advocate for this movie because you know who the bad guy is? It's Kevin Spacey. Oh, so shit. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to cut this conversation short. <laughs> oh no. Come on. No wonder he's so good at retroactively as a ruining every movie he's been in. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do I look stupid to you? <laughs> uh, I do like a bug's life, but come on, inside out is way better. Oh, than come a bug's on. Life. Uh Heinrich turns into a beautiful butterfly. Beautiful butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but I mean, I can't speak to a bug's life. It's been forever, but I do. It's really not that. Like it. I, I watched it like two years ago, and it was it was just okay. But I Bummer. have so much love for it. Is that rooted in nostalgia, though? I've only seen yes. Well, and I like the I like the adventures and the cast of characters. I yeah, think all that's a fun movie. Pretty for cool. Sure. It doesn't look very good anymore. Well, it was made a long time ago. I know, so. but it like it was like one of the first Pixar quite bad, movies, wasn't it? The second one, yeah. yeah. Toy Story still holds up pretty well, though. I yeah. mean, it looks dated, but there's just something. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> I almost knocked my mic over, which almost knocked my beer over, and I had a heart attack. That was enough. Okay, but yeah, I've only seen Inside Out once, but it is great, and I would vote for that. I definitely cried during life. Inside Out. I don't remember when, but it oh, happened. I know when. Oh yeah, <laughs> is that when the imaginary friend disappeared? Uh fuck yeah! Yeah, take her to the moon for me, okay, Joy? <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah, I I still cry. I've seen that movie like seven times, and I still cry during that part yeah, every that was time. Pretty rough. Oh, didn't they? Jesus that? Christ! Yeah, I own it. Oh yeah. yeah. Didn't they do a short too, where it's uh, a boy's brain or something? Or was that at the end? That of was the movie? at the end. They do. Uh, they or no, no, it's at the end. It's not. So at the end of the movie, in the credits, they do that mm. where like they go into a cat's brain and they're just like wandering around, like playing and sleeping and stuff. <laughs> that 
That was hilarious. <laughs> well, they do. They go into the boy's brain towards the end when she's uh, playing hockey again, and she says hi to the boy, and then uh-huh. it goes in his brain, and then there's just a siren going off. And they're like, yeah. "Girl, girl, girl!" And everybody's screaming and freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Um, inside Out for sure. Yeah, it wins. Okay, cool. Uh, next matchup, we got Finding Dory versus the Incredibles. 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 Finding Dory is, is good, and The Incredibles isn't one of my favorites. I know yeah. people really love The Incredibles. I think it's Incredibles. overrated. I would say so, yeah. I've tried How to can watch you say it. that? I just watched it last <laughs> night. I, I've seen it probably three or four times now. Every time I'm hoping, like, oh, this is going to be the time that I love it. Every time I'm disappointed. Really? By it. I do like it a lot. You didn't have, like, your initial view wasn't. It's good, but I remember back in the day before, like, the Toy Story 3s, you know, and movies after that, um... This was people's favorite yes. Pixar movie. It yes. still is some people's favorite Pixar movie. I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, but. I, yeah, I agree. I love, I like The Incredibles a lot, uh, and I, I do think it, it wins over Finding Dory, but mm-hmm. for sure, it's one of the more overrated. Did you guys see the trailer Superhero for fatigue. Incredibles too? Yeah, it's not really it much of a trailer. It's more just like a teaser, yeah, right? A teaser. You know, it, it, it didn't really funny. get me excited to see it. It's kind of a lame teaser. I'll yeah. let Incredibles get through this round, but it's going yeah. down. Later. Why is that baby still a baby? It's been years. <laughs> or is that a Maybe movie? it's like The Simpsons. They just... Uh... Don't age? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah, Finding Dory. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but... This is one I'm okay with forgetting. <laughs> Finding Dory <laughs> definitely looks better, though. But... It it's also, also more re- the yeah. recency effect. Yeah, I mean, that was just like two years ago or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did like that stupid bird. The dumb one. Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, Kevin? Is that what his name is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Kevin's the bird from Up. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Incredibles. Moving on. All right. This is the one. Okay. We got Wally up against Toy Story 3. So, it's been forever since I saw Toy Story 3. I thought it was amazing, but I really love Wally. And I can think, I can remember it better. And so I'm going to pick Wally. I'm also going to pick Wally. These are my two favorite Pixar movies. And I was going to give it to Toy Story 3 just because it's like the end of a trilogy. And it was like we were, I mean, we wanted to see the finale of that story, even though they're going to make a fourth one, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> but it was, it was such a good conclusion. And one of the most perfect conclusions, like I that whole ending sequence. Perfect, movie. yeah. And the, the whole how it's like a prison escape type movie, and I love Lots of Hug and Bears, the main villain. It's incredible. See, the prison escape <laughs> stuff is what brings it down a little bit for me. What? I just, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's, it's like really the good. Between between the three. God. The first Toy Story is probably my favorite. So it's the first one, it's still really, really funny. I don't know how recently you guys have seen the original Toy Story, but it's yeah. still fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It was the first 3D animated film, feature length film ever. Uh, it still looks, it still holds up visually. You know, it's, it's a little muddy, but yeah. and those characters, come on, it introduced those characters to the world. Man, some of the best characters ever. Did you see the? Uh, I didn't. I didn't catch it, but the my friend I watched Coco with saw the pizza plant truck. 
No, was the truck in it too? Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, the it drives uh, by really. Quickly. Buzz and Woody were hanging from a clothesline, like yeah, along they were with like a bunch uh, of pinatas. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. I missed um, that one. I see. Did you guys see the pizza plant truck? Though? No. Yeah, it's when he's looking out the window, or right when Coco or not Coco, but uh, Miguel. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking out the window. So you see, you're looking at him. So you're outside looking in, and then the pizza plant truck drives by really quickly. Mm. So. Man, how much fun! would it have been to be like okay so we, we've settled we're gonna do a story about toys and we need to pick a cast of characters from like kids toys oh my gosh <laughs> just a whole world of options <laughs> and they nailed it yep the dinosaur rex yeah <laughs> whatever his name is <laughs> okay wally is amazing as well well yeah wally is definitely probably my favorite pixar movie yeah. it's it's incredible like the, the fact that the definitely front loaded though the so back, everybody's the, cards the are on the table way better and than wally's the gonna half. win so might as well just wrap that up well no i don't know if it's we'll have some conversations but uh yeah the the first like 30 40 minutes basically a silent film yeah like that's so ballsy of them to do because there's no dialogue it's basically him just wandering through this empty world uh it's Wally's such a cute character. Like the whole Wally Eve dynamic, yeah. like just makes my heart. One of the most beautiful moments love. is when they're out in space and they're like flying together. And they're dancing, yeah, because he's got like the beautiful. fire extinguisher. Oh, I forgot about that scene. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. it's so it good. good. But I agree, it's front loaded. It's front loaded in the same way that Up is for me, yeah. which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, Toy Story three is that's like the most brutal matchup we could have had in the first round. But it's gotta be Wally for me. That's okay, but I'm going to say Toy Story 3 is my vote. Oh, shit. It's up to you, Tom. Oh, I already voted for Wally. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah. Wally advances. Okay. And then we I'm have... Wally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Up versus Toy Story. It's Toy Story. Uh, yeah, I, I love Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. Up has maybe the best sequence in any pixar movie the 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 montage the of their relationship yeah yeah at the very beginning fucks me up well no the very beginning is them meeting as kids Mm. you know uh because she's like a uh adventure Mm -hmm. you know she's got the goggles and she breaks into his room or whatever uh but then the montage is their relationship like that it's mostly all visuals too like i mean they accomplish a lot and such a little amount of time they condense an entire long life into like a seven minute montage and it just fucking guts you at the end of it yeah that movie was a heavy emotional hitter but once you get to the island it just kind of becomes more of a straightforward adventure movie and it's not as interesting like obviously doug they come back around at the end yeah and then you know it does make you it made me cry again (laughs) (laughs) the kid's great the bird is great Doug is great because mm-hmm. he's a dog and he just met you, but he's a yeah. dog. So now he loves you. One of the best lines is when <laughs> Doug is sitting on his porch when he's on at the, he's at the, the waterfall or whatever. And he says, I was hiding under your porch because I love you. <laughs> 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 so good. Uh, but I feel like Up is another one that's maybe a little bit overrated because I think people only think about that montage sequence and it, it definitely is not as funny through the middle third well and i don't even remember the villain yeah he's that pilot guy with the guard dogs they thought he was dead yeah stupid 
Although not the stupid, do- but not good, not very memorable, not as good as the rest of the movie. That's probably the weakest point is the whole villains aspect of it. But the- I like the relationship between is it Carl and the kid? I don't remember. Carl uh, Russell is the kid's name. Yeah, like they're pretty funny. Them playing off each other because yeah. he's such a grump, and then the kid's so like naive and just kind of goofy. Yeah, and doesn't he kind of win him over? Oh yeah, they're yeah. they're best buds by the end yeah. of it. Yeah. It is it is really good. And I do like that Doberman with the squeaky voice. He's like, like the leader a, of the dogs. Oh, I forgot about that. That's it's like funny. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's yes. Toy Story. It's got to be Toy Story. It's Toy Story. It's the first one. <laughs> up, up probably would have advanced to the second round if it was going up against something else. But uh, Up is, again, probably toward the top of the second tier for me. But it's still a second tier Pixar movie for me. So you have Bottom first like tier. two top tier, three top. What did I say? The other one. What was the other one that I said was top middle? The tier? only thing you've said so far is this is not top tier. <laughs> uh, I think for you it's Toy Story one and three, Wall-E and Coco. Those are the four. That and Inside have. Out. And Inside Out. Yeah, those are five. those are my top tier. Yeah. Okay. On the, I'm, li- I'm on the list I made up in Toy Story are right next to each other, but I did put up before Toy Story. Like higher on the list? Yeah. You fuck. I'm a monster. You fuck. <laughs> okay. Toy Story moves on. Okay. So that's uh that's the first wave. Uh let's go back down. We got a matchup of Monsters Inc. versus Monsters University. Oh, this is hard. Uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's Monsters, Monsters Inc. <laughs> what? <laughs> Haven't seen and it, you. but it looks pretty good. <laughs> uh Monsters Inc., yeah. Yeah. Again, uh with not counting the Toy Story films, every time Pixar has done a sequel, it's been a little disappointing. Yes, I agree. They just can't live up, you know. Toy Story is the only one where I feel like they, all three of them stand alone as, like, perfect films, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, that's an easy one. Monsters, Inc. moves on. Uh, next round, we got Coco against Toy Story 2. Ooh. Coco. Uh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. What? Toy Story 2 is my least favorite of the three Toy Stories. And Toy Story 3 was already eliminated. And I fucking love Coco. I love Coco as well, but I feel like you gotta go Toy Story 2. That whole trilogy is just... I don't even remember Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 is the one with the prospector. Uh, That's the one when Jesse and Bullseye... Uh, The the gist is that... uh, Darth Vader kind of villain. That one is not great. It is great. It is great. great. (laughs) No. But it's the weakest of the three, for me, anyway. They're all five stars. They're all very close. Toy Story and Toy Story 3 are heavy fives. (laughs) Toy Story 2 is just a five. Five pluses. No, I would say Toy Story 3 is the heavy five. The other are very solid fives. (laughs) Whatever, man. Coco is advancing. Recency factor. You were just saying it's not the recency factor earlier. (laughs) Against... A lesser movie than Toy Story. <laughs> uh, Toy, two. S- Toy Story Two, uh, I'll say, is you know consistently it's very funny. All three of the Toy Story movies are are very funny. Uh, Jessie's song, the one that she goes over like her story, is really sad. Uh, but I don't know. Prospector is a good villain. He's not. Is, isn't there a great moment towards the end of Toy Story Two as well? That's kind of similar to the one in Toy Story Three, but not as epic or crucial no i mean the toys get reunited after they go to the airport but i feel like someone saves the day against the villain and it's just 
my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, they put the prospector in like a girl's like Barbie backpack. Well, they have like two <laughs> bad guys in Toy Story Two. It's the prospector and what's that? Uh, like the the guy who's voiced by that. Newman, the, yeah, the collector. About, right? You're talking about the collector, the chicken guy. Not him. The other one. There's like a cheap, it's cheap, like a cheap, Darth cheap. Vader type looking toy. He's not really a bad guy. Yeah, he's he misunderstood. Not really. I don't remember what you guys are talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Zerg. Right? Zerg. Yeah, Zerg. Yeah. Okay. He's not in it that much. Although the opening of Toy Story Two is dope because they're playing the video game. <laughs> You know, like Rex is playing the Buzz Lightyear video game, so you don't know it's a video oh, game until right. the end of it. Because but it's like it's a really cool sequence where Buzz oh. is like fighting all the aliens and stuff. That's awesome. That's really good. I um, forgot about that. But still, it's Coco. I think the that Toy Story one is really special because Sid is the villain instead of like some other toy. And it's it's yeah, he is the villain, but it's also more about the toys coming together and also yeah. them wanting to get back to Andy. Like that's the driving force of the plot is them wanting to get back to their kid. Well, and that, that whole truck sequence is amazing. Yes. At, at the, the end. end of oh Story my one. God. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so anyway, we, we win Coco moves on to the next I'm round. I'm okay with it, but I don't know. This is kind of, I'm used you to, you know what Toy Story brackets. 2 didn't have? Remember Poco me? Poco Loco. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, what what matchup did we just do? Coco and Toy Story Two. Okay, it's not. I, I have to fill in the bracket with my head. So now we're up against now. It's Wally and Toy Story. No, that's that's the next. That's the, after this. Oh, uh, it's uh, Inside Out and The Incredibles. Oh. Inside Out. Inside Out for sure. Inside Out. Not even. Okay, now it's Wally close. versus Toy Story. Yeah. So. I guess we don't really need to say anything more. We all, I think we all like The Incredibles, but it's not one of our one of our favorites. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Now it is Wally versus Toy Story. That's a tough one, but I'm going Wally. <sighs> Toy Story is the king of kids' movies. Now you're going to change your tune. You no. Just, okay. I'm going to vote for Wally, okay, but I have to you say this: you knocked out Toy Story three, and now you're coming. The the, the undisputed <laughs> kings of of children's entertainment are The Lion King and Toy Story. Hard to argue. And Despicable Me. Well, that's the new generation. <laughs> yeah, that's generation Y. Or that's for the, YouTube, for the YouTube generation. <laughs> yes. That's the new thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You knocked it, out Toy it, Story It pains three. me. You knocked out Toy Story 3. You gotta go with Wally. It feels like a betrayal of my childhood. It, it totally does. It totally does. But especially because I have so... Like, it's... It's like number one and two for me. Like, for you, the first round, Toy Story... Like, this, that's yeah. my version of this. So, yeah. I gotta go, Wally. <laughs> Damn it. Can't believe Toy Story is not even getting into the final four. None of the Toy Story movies are getting into the final four. Well, I mean... We have to crown a champion. This, this, we knew this was going to be difficult. Yeah, this, this is <laughs> poorly fucked. spaced. This is fucked. All right, should have put him up against Monsters Inc., dude. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, now we got. Uh, oh, this is a clusterfuck. Uh, Monsters Inc. versus Coco. Come on, Matt. Right? Hang on. Coco. <laughs> Coco versus Toy Story 2. Monsters Inc. Okay. Yeah. I guess I gotta go Coco. 
Monsters Inc. is a big one for me. Wow. But Coco. Yeah. I mean, you already <laughs> we already outvoted you, but I do. <laughs> uh, it's tough, but it is tough. We're probably gonna go Monsters Inc. <laughs> Just because <laughs> I can, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Okay, you can vote first on this next one, Travis. It won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Wally and Inside Out. Yeah. Oh, Matt, this has got to be tough for you. I know. But you're still going to Would go you rather cry way. over... You took out uh, Toy Story literal 3 emotions. and Toy Story for Wally. You can't just turn your back on Wally now. <laughs> wow. I can't believe how much Matt's pondering this right now. Matt fucking loves it. Inside out. Wild card, bitches. <laughs> what? Yeah! He knows we're going to pick Wally, so he wanted to give a little love. I don't know. I did like Inside Out. I've seen Inside Out like eight times. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to start writing yours on paper, all right? I can't handle you two. I'm joking. I'm joking. Wally. Okay. Wally it is. That sucks. Wally's going home with the gold. How how does that Wait, is that it? Is that that the end Well, no, I'm just saying. It beats Coco in the next round. Did Coco really get to the final two? Is Coco really in the final? Wait, no. There's got to be another match. Well, no, no, no. It, Co- it was Coco versus Monsters Inc. Yeah, and Wally versus Inside Out. Yeah, so we now already, it's we Wally already versus voted. Coco. Wow. Yeah, Coco made it to the finals. As much as I love Coco, like I said, it's probably toward the bottom of the top tier ones for me. It's still top tier. <laughs> I know I keep going. I keep going back to this elaborate system. Because <laughs> uh, three top tiers. <laughs> well, there's like three, and then there's perfect cars. ones. There's Toy Story. There's Inside Out, and there's Wally. There's a main top tier, a mid top tier. There's like the top of the top. top There's the top of the top tier. Okay. (laughs) There's a science behind it. All right. Uh, Yeah. Inside out versus Coco. Wait, what? No, you mean Wally. (laughs) Or yeah. God damn it. All right. Wally. Wally wins. I'm okay with Wally winning. I wonder if that's going to be a controversial with our listeners or not. Because some people don't really like Wally that much. You know? I don't know. When I think of the whole pantheon of pixar films i can't say with 100 percent certainty that wally's the best of them yeah but it's hard to say which one is yes it is well we did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah for me it would be one of the toy story movies or wally it's, somehow it's hard I feel, to pick a favorite though i feel sad at the end of all this yeah i just feel like i've betrayed myself yeah well that, you guys gotta hurts. go home and watch toy story today it's like you i just watched a couple weeks ago. you can only pick one favorite memory tom <laughs> the others you must strangle yeah. by hand. <laughs> well because it's interesting because like we were talking about how nostalgia plays into this but i don't really have nostalgia for wally you know that came yeah. out in 2008 like i was almost done with high school at that point right so toy story 3 is nostalgic in a different way because it plays on the nostalgia of toy story like that's yeah. the whole thing at the end the ending sequence where andy is describing all of the toys to bonnie and then just fucking tears just raining down like ugh, it's so good hmm. all right well anyway that was our pixar bracket wally is the best of all time i think wally also has one of the <clears throat> best um like messages about humanity it's definitely the only like political what's the most political film they've ever done yeah for sure yeah 
what there was a list i think it was the new york times like best films list didn't they put inside out on it i think so yeah well who's right us or the new york times we are inside out baby New York Times all right <laughs> yeah they put million dollar baby on that list it's fake news <laughs> okay cool well we crowned a winner uh next time we'll do star wars movies how many are there going to be? Got to wait till sixteen. <laughs> well, what are what is this? Eight this years is the, from now, guys. Can you count? There's only one. nine. There's we'll only there's Wars only nine so far. <laughs> Another trilogy. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, well, let's get into what else we've been watching. Uh, oh, did you guys want to start with three billboards? Yeah, we should talk about three billboards. A movie a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, I he's got like thirty like on thirty movies list. since the last time we recorded. Well, and last then, time you were on the show, I, or yeah. Last time I was well, you and I can do three billboards and the world's end together. I don't plan on talking about all 30, though. I Good. hope so. Maybe a, maybe a sentence about each. One sentence each. <laughs> yeah. Rapid fire. But three billboards. So if you guys didn't listen in the last episode, Paris was on it. Uh, Paris and I both loved it. It's in my top 10 of the year. I won't say where, but it's in the top 10. How did you guys feel about three billboards? Well, it's uh... go ahead, Tom. The deer did look fake. It's fake. What? It's fake, dude. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention, but so, it's for sure fake. Like, it looks good. I didn't confirm, but it looks, but it, it looks fake. It looks, fake. No. it looks poorly green screened. Yeah, the lighting on it looks bad. It makes it almost look like it's too light and kind of like fuzzy looking. That's what she, yeah. She it looks like it's under a spotlight or something. Yeah. Except there is no spotlight. Damn it. All right. Well, mystery scene, solved, I guess. Fake yeah, deer. That scene we didn't confirm it, but. It wasn't great. You didn't like that scene? I thought that scene Not was great. really. Did the deer? The deer? I'm so taken out of it, and I was like, "I wasn't taken out by it. I just kind of noticed, like, oh, that's a bad deer, probably CG." (laughs) Well, it just felt like why you couldn't do it a different way, you know? You couldn't get that little that little monologue from mom out a different in a different way. You're gonna throw the whole scene out over CG deer? No, (laughs) movie was amazing. No, no, I said the scene. Oh, the whole scene? Yeah, I don't. I only remember one line. That's not an amazing scene. And it was oh, yeah, in that it was in the trailer. Actually, so I'm gonna say it. You're but, beautiful, but you ain't her. <laughs> <laughs> but you did say movie was amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was amazing. It was really, really, it's, really uh, good. Fringe top ten for me right now. But fringe it, top it could ten could make the way back in. I just have to sit on it. Really? Hmm. When did you see it? Uh like the weekend it came out. So you've been sitting on it? I have to sit on it like the rest of the year. <laughs> Just hatch an egg. Yeah. <laughs> Just keeping it warm. Fourth billboard. <laughs> uh, I thought it was great. I mainly agree with what you said, Matt, about all of it. Um, I don't think it was like laugh out gut bustingly funny, but there was a lot of funny moments. Yeah. It's pretty funny. A couple I times. am with you on this. I was usually like too emotionally affected during the really the funniest parts to actually be able to like laugh at the at the hilarity yeah um but sarah thought it was super super funny although i don't really remember her busting up too much that part uh i used the clip in the episode but when uh francis mcdormand's character goes into the station and she calls him a fucking idiot or something yeah. and he was like fuckhead is that he calls you hey you do not let a member of the public call you a fuckhead <laughs> <laughs> that scene was really good sam rockwell like come on he yeah was, he's he so was good. great but you know at in the moment 
you hate Sam Rockwell so much that yeah. it's like, no, he is a fuckhead. He is. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? He was a piece of shit for at least the first half of the movie. And I think you're meant to have conflicted feelings. I don't think yeah. it was meant to be like a total redemption arc where by the end of it, he's like, he's still shitty. He's a shitty person. But I've seen some people complain about the movie because they say he he shouldn't have got redemption. But I agree with you. It's well, not like. Yeah, he doesn't totally. No, he doesn't. <clears throat> That's still, he's still a super interesting character, though. Oh, yeah. The ending of the movie is, like, really up in the air. Which I, I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's the best way to do it. I think my one-word review of this was America, just because it's, like, it has so many things that we're dealing with today just crammed into this movie. And it's weird that a non-American... A British guy. Yeah. Or Irish. I think he's Irish or Yeah, something. I think so, yeah, too. Yeah. I don't think he's necessarily, like commenting on us he's just kind of commenting on you know like he's not like pointing a finger at us like we suck this movie is about americans but he's just kind of like shining a light on all the issues that we deal with in this country and i mean people probably deal with this kind of stuff in other countries too but we're just more prone to it because because we we're suck more we're pieces of shit yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> bigger pieces mm. of shit <laughs> So this is fringe top 10 for Travis. Is yeah. this like, I mean, don't say where it is on your list, but is it like up there for you like it is for me? Or Yeah, it's up there. I don't think it'll be my favorite of the year, but um, I have a really hard time imagining that it'll be outside the top 10. The performances were so good. Uh, it's so powerful. And like, I love the relationship between McDormand's character and uh, Woody. Uh, yeah, I, it was really, really good. It it was awesome. I feel like Francis McDormand's performance is being overshadowed by Saoirse Ronan right now. Like everyone's talking about Lady Bird. Lady Bird's already winning a bunch of awards and people are trying to say, you know, Saoirse Ronan's going to win. Not even close for me. It's totally, I mean, she is, don't get me wrong, incredible than Lady Bird. It's crazy Francis McDormand much, is. Well, real quick on Lady Bird, it's crazy how she can like hide her accent that well because she has a thick like irish mm -hmm. accent yeah and she sounds like a girl from california and lady Bird. yeah totally well so anything more about three billboards is that kind of um i was just gonna say that it it does feel a lot like a coen brothers movie just maybe a little bit lesser like i would still say like fargo's a way better movie than three billboards yeah, i don't know about a way better movie but it's fargo's definitely better yeah for sure um well i mean while we're on the topic did you want to talk about lady bird because you saw lady bird yeah, um, I thought Tom gave the uh, the best review as far as his uh, star rating aligning with his thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Paris was all over the place, and Matt was like, this movie fucking sucks, four and a half. <laughs> I can't write. <laughs> no, you had to be the contrarian, because everyone else was just creaming over this movie. <laughs> and it, it, it's a great movie. I yeah, just, you know. I, no, I agree. It's probably one of the best movies about this kind of subject matter, but it also feels like a lot of other movies that have come out in the last five, 10 years about similar subjects. Um, you just mean like the way it felt specifically, not the subject matter. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, there's been other like, like the jokes, the kind of awkward humor. Well, yeah. And just like another coming of age story about yeah. like a girl who is moving on to her adult life and doesn't really know what to expect. But, um, yeah, I mostly agree with what 17. what you guys said. Cool. But there wasn't something in it that just like brought it to the next level for me. But I, I gave it a four and a half as well. Um, 
But if I talked about it, it would probably sound like I was lesser than a four and four and a half. Mm. Kind of like Matt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did want to go back to three billboards for one thing, because there was a big disagreement in my house. Oh, yeah. You had mentioned that earlier. (laughs) (laughs) About whether or not this movie is a dark comedy. Uh, It definitely is. (laughs) I said no. What? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a little too... I feel like Wait. Seven Psychopaths is a dark comedy. How is this not a dark comedy? It's more of a drama to me. Like, I would put emphasis on drama over comedy. Yeah, but there's still, like, dark comedic elements to it. Yeah, I would say it's Correct. a drama with elements of black comedy. So, would this be like calling Alien a horror movie? Like, you wouldn't necessarily call it a straight-up horror movie, but it has horror elements. I would call Alien a horror movie. Straight up. Yeah. Sci-fi horror? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, sci-fi. <laughs> 100%. Sci-fi horror. <laughs> Emphasis on horror. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, how do you define a dark comedy? Because there there are some Burn movies that you just straight up put in the dark comedy. Like, it's a genre. Like other movies, is I think can Fargo have a dark, dark com- comedy. Yes, yeah. Fargo okay. is a dark comedy. Burn After Reading is a dark comedy. I think they have similar sense of humor, though. <sighs> yeah, they do. But yeah. Fargo is consistently more funny than. Uh... I would say it's more of a drama though than comedy. The thing about Fargo is that even with like some of the more horrific moments, they're still kind of rooted in comedy. Like him putting the dude in the wood yeah. chipper, and you see the foot yeah. sticking out. You know, like but that's just because the Cohen. It's playful. So masters, my uh, my friend will be upset if I don't if I don't make this point for him. Which is that he thinks I'm misconstruing dark comedy with absurdist dark comedy, which would be Fargo and Burn After Reading. He's like, just because the movie's not absurd doesn't mean it's not a dark comedy. Oh, I will also say when they did the flashback scene about like the last meeting with her daughter. You thought it was hilarious? wrecked me. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, Yeah, see? It's a drama. It's a fucking drama. Mostly. That has funny parts, like, because it's a good movie. Subgenre, dark comedy. <laughs> I think we're on your side, Tom, not your your friend's side. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. More it's on nice the drama side. nice to have an side, ally. But still, I, I'm i in the middle. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Were you guys going to do World's End next? Is that what you guys wanted to talk about? Or should Travis are, are rattle some off? we done with Rotten Tomatoes game? No, not like forever. Okay. Well, we can save it till the end, right? World, well, World's M? Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Let's do it at the end. All right, well, Travis, you got a bunch of shit. You want to just rattle some quick ones oh, off? Oh, jeez. I watched that new Amazon original movie, The Only Living Boy in New York, directed by Mark Webb. I thought I'm it was legend. on Netflix, too. Is it an Amazon just, original? Yeah, it's just Amazon. Oh, okay. Movie's garbage. Just about white people and... Don't really lame. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard for me to keep interested in this movie. It was just really bad. It's it's about this kid who is like trying to find his father, and he like extremely loud and incredibly has an affair with oh his like quote unquote father in the movie. 
has an affair, an affair? with him. Oh, sorry. With no, like with his father, with his quote unquote father's girlfriend oh <laughs> an affair with his father how the fuck does that even work <laughs> that's this gross is a kid no he's like college student ah uh, okay yeah it's lame that sounds bad yeah okay. I, I don't really remember much of it but it was really lame <laughs> okay um what else did i watch oh i watched this terrible documentary called <laughs> hotel monterey why by sean tall ackerman the one who did that like three and a half hour movie jean dealman remember i was talking about that oh and you fucking loved it it was really good super <laughs> slow kind of boring but it, it pays off at the end if you can stick with it for that long but this felt completely pointless and even though it was only 65 minutes it felt longer than jean dealman. 65 jesus so i guess there's a 65 minute movie felt longer than a three and a half hour long movie it's like an episode of okay, Vice. So there's a hotel in New York that's called Hotel Monterey, and it's a super cheap hotel for like outcasts of the American society. And it's just like a fly on the wall. Trash humpers. No, not really. Because nothing really happens in the movie. I don't I really understand what she was trying to say by making this, but like there's just like static shots like in the back of an elevator, and like you see people come into it and or like there'll be a shot down a hallway and you're just like staring down a hallway and nothing really like literally nothing happens in this movie <laughs> and there's no dialogue like there's no sound it's, it's silent that it, sounds terrible it, it was awful <laughs> probably one of the worst i don't know if i could really consider it a movie it might be more of like an experiment like a home video <laughs> <laughs> It was awful. An like, experiment. If you watch like the first couple minutes of it, I feel like you could get the gist. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, I won't be watching that. It was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, got just some glowing reviews of stuff I watched. Um, oh, I watched Daddy's Home One and Two. Daddy's Home One's not bad. It's right? solid. Yeah. Yeah. I like the dynamic between Wolf Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. It's yeah. pretty fun some of the time. Some of it's a little corny, but... You got some chemistry? No, just the way they're, like, kind of, like, put against each other, like, um, between the kids. Mm-hmm. Makes for some good laughs. So it's not on, uh, like, stepbrother's level of chemistry? Definitely not. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> John C. Riley would own Mark Wahlberg <laughs> any day. <laughs> um, but yeah, Daddy's Home 2 is awful. It's... Oh. It's Bummer. got Mel Gibson in it, but he's just phoning it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. <laughs> well, he looked like he was in the trailer, but I mean, yeah, he's also supposed to be kind of annoyed and bored or whatever. Uh, not necessarily, but he's, yeah, he just, I feel like he's not even trying to act. It's just Mel Gibson in this movie. Yeah, he's just present. In this and scene. I thought it was going to be more of a... Because the way the first one ends, they kind of set it up like uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are going to be against John, John Cena. Cena yeah. But John Cena is barely even in the second one. Really? And even when he's in it, it's not even that funny. And he's kind of just like a side character. But mainly Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are just like trying not to get shit on too much by Mel Gibson. Because <laughs> he just hates everyone. <laughs> but yeah, it's not very good. It just felt like a bunch of set pieces put together for laughs but like there was no like through line or 
actual like story to engage in which sure. there is some of that in the first one i wouldn't say it's like an amazing story but there's something to grasp hmm. yeah did you guys see the trailer for the new animated movie with john cena as the voice of that bull ferdinand the bull yeah. looks terrible it looked really bad i guess that's like a popular children's story i had never even heard of it until this really i saw the trailer yeah yeah it's an old story Okay. It'd be great. Well, not going to watch uh, Daddy's Home this Christmas, I guess. <laughs> uh, someone else can go if they want. Hmm. Well, speaking of no through line, I watched The Room. And it is the worst. It is actually the worst movie that anybody actually tried on. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they spent $6 million making this movie. I have yeah. no idea how. Yeah. How much did they pay? He didn't know how to. Sp- he didn't know how to spend it because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. There, so. the credits are hilarious. The ending credits because like people are getting credited that you're just like, what the fuck? Like the, the, the dolly grips are listed out, and then it's like cleanup crew. <laughs> it lists three or four people. <laughs> no, nothing to do with the artistic production of this film. They just cleaned up afterward. Ah, oh, otherwise the credits would have been like six seconds long. So I guess they had to include everybody they knew. Um, I am already really glad that I saw this before seeing the Disaster Artist. Yeah. Because now when I we rewatched the Disaster Artist trailer afterward, and I was like, oh god, okay, it's all making so now much more sense. So much more sense. Uh, but it is fascinating. This Tommy, how do you say Weisau? Weisau. Weisau. Yeah, Weisau. He's he is bizarre on a whole other level, and uh, there are just like some really funny things, just funny pieces of information about him, such as that he refuses to discuss his past. He claims to be from New Orleans. His accent is completely indistinguishable. It's like not a real accent. Where is this guy from? Yeah, Yeah. I love the part in the Disaster Artist trailer when they're gonna shoot on green screen but then like they look over and it's like an alleyway that's just like a perfect alleyway yeah. that looks the same and he's like no but we're making this a is real a real hollywood, hollywood movie, movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the budget went. yeah yeah totally uh this movie is incredible don't watch it alone yeah you'll want to kill yourself i probably will end up you have to watch it <laughs> we all wanted to kill ourselves watching it together. just together and and making fun of it there's like 16 football passing scenes. That's <laughs> so weird. And some of them, they're standing super close so together. Close like, to as close other. as we are at this Yeah, table, there's one where like they couldn't get all three people in the scene, so they just, like, throw the ball off scene, everyone, oh, yeah. off camera, and that comes Why back on. Why is there on. a need for... They just, like, that. multiple times just, like, have it catch. They just, like, all of a sudden just yeah. start, like, playing to catch a football <laughs> for no reason. But Seriously. Not, <laughs> in a, not in a glamorous, like, uh, like, beach volleyball scene from Top Gun. In just a, like literally three dudes who have never thrown a football before trying to act like they're shooting the shit playing catch and there are storylines that get brought up and then are just never revisited ever they also replace one of the characters with another actor in the same movie they do yeah their friend peter Peter is oh. played by two different actors. In the that movie. was Peter at the that end. Was we were Peter. like, "Who the fuck is this <laughs> that guy?" That was Peter. End? Really? I thought <laughs> yeah. they called him Matt. <laughs> Peter. Oh, what? <laughs> I have to tell the people oh, I watched it with. I guess you got to rewatch it now, Tom. He was like, "We care about you," and it was like the final climactic scene. It's yeah. Like, and you're like, Who is this guy? Is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
Oh man, the just the dialogue is atrocious. It's the the whole premise of this film is first of all totally like what Tommy thinks it's glamorizing him. Like he picked a role for himself for a character who in his mind does nothing wrong and has like a perfect job or is a perfect person and is somehow being betrayed by his future wife. <laughs> oh, I don't know what else to say about this. It's, it's, it's like a uh, really, really, really bad soap opera kind of. Um, also the sex scenes. Dude, brutal. there's three sex scenes in the first like 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And they even reuse in one of the sex scenes, yes. they reuse footage from the first one. <laughs> yes. Of Tommy's ass just like thrusting her navel. Yeah, like from the trailer oh, yeah. where he's like, does he know where her vagina is? Like, <laughs> It's so weird. But, Doesn't he make a comment like he has to show his ass to sell the movie too in the trailer? Yeah. In the trailer yeah. he does, yeah. <laughs> You, you definitely see some of Tommy's ass. It sounds amazing, but it also sounds really terrible. And I'm assuming that's how a lot of people feel about it. Oh, hi, Denny. Oh, my gosh. So good, He'll just, there. like, come on to the rooftop of this apartment building. It's also kind of like friends. Like, everybody lives in the same building. It's so yeah. weird. And this one creepy neighbor kid, Denny. Uh, so creepy. Well, in the first sex scene, they they want to fuck, but Denny's in the house, so yeah. they tell Denny to leave, and then they go upstairs to the bedroom, and then Denny just like walks into the bedroom, and Tommy and his girlfriend start having like a pillow fight, and then Denny just like joins in in the pillow, and fight. they're like they're like ha ha ha, Denny, um, two's fun, but three's a crowd, <laughs> and then he just leaves again. It's like oh, I get it. You guys want to be alone, and they're like that's the no idea. Shit. Oh god. <laughs> It's so strange. I can't wait. Yeah, if you can though, you should try and. Uh, how wait? How would you watch it? Oh yeah, that's actually worth bringing up because um, you can't stream it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon, but you know you have to get it delivered. So I watched it on YouTube with Spanish subtitles. Uh, Most of the YouTube videos fake you out. They're like, you know, well, they put a long runtime and they say it's the full movie, and then it says go to this website. Oh. Uh, uh, but the Spanish subtitle one actually works. My friend at work collects movies that are so bad they're good, and so he's going to let me borrow it. Who was that? Ryan. Bro, that the guy. guy going to be our trivia team. Um, I did see this is expanding, though, next week to a lot more theaters. It is, yeah. You're uh, seeing it today, though, right? I'm seeing it, yeah. It's basically as soon as we're done rec- recording, yeah. The Egyptian. I'm, I'm jealous, but I can wait a week. Yeah, and we're not going to record for two weeks anyway, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Should I do one, I guess? Or... Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I saw Landline. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is on Amazon now. It's a 2017 release. Sarah it... saw it, though, right? Oh, did she? Okay. Cause I couldn't remember. I knew she watched something else. <laughs> Why are you Jenny asking? Slate. I Why think you... she, yeah, we were talking to her. I... She did you see Landline, didn't she? The well, Jenny Slate movie, didn't you say a long time ago she saw some new Jenny Slate movie? Yeah, well, we had this conversation in the car. Why didn't you reassure me then that, that this is the only possible movie? Could have been. Oh, well, that's not the only possible movie. It could have been, been obvious, child. <laughs> no, we saw that together. Okay. This well, is a Jenny Slate movie that came out recently that right. I have not seen and is not obvious, child. Must be Landline. But Sarah has seen. Yeah. Okay. And she wasn't crazy about it. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. I don't know if I like it as much as obvious, child, but... Um, I liked it quite a bit as well. But I wouldn't say it's best of the year. Yeah, uh, I think I rated it a 4.5. I did really like it. 
I really like Jenny Slate. I think she's just a doll. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dynamic between her and the actress who plays her younger sister, I think her name is Abby Quinn. I thought the yeah. younger sister was really good. And then uh, fucking John Torturo and Edie Falco as the parents. They're so good. Uh, yeah, it was really good. I like that it was just like a, a small movie just about, you know, coming of age in a sense and just making a bad decision and the ramifications of that decision. Jay Duplass, I didn't think was that great in it. Who's he's that? really not. He's uh, a uh, Jenny Slate's boyfriend. Uh, yeah. I like did him. You like the opening of the movie. Where they're like having sex in the woods. Oh yeah, yeah, just super awkward. And she yeah. sees the bug. I thought that was a funny way to open a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very unexpected. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge. He was probably the weak link as far as performances yeah. go. Um, but but yeah. it kind of, I feel like his performance fit with the character, and like just like the look of him kind of adds to the character too. He looks kind of like Kumail. But, like, there were multiple times where I was like, oh, that's Kumail. And then it zooms in, and I was like, oh, no, that's just Jade Duplass. Like, from a distance, he looks like <laughs> Kumail Nojiani. Uh, I could see that. It's, it was good. I, yeah. I liked it quite a bit, yeah. It's not going to be in my year-end list or anything, but I, I liked it a lot. <clears throat> um, and then I only have, like, two or three other things. So, Travis, you need to – you still got, like, what, saw, like, 25 on your list? Well, yeah, I'll just kind of, you know. So I saw Murder <laughs> on the Orient Express. The new one, right? Yeah. Uh, pretty boring. Didn't really like it. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of like whodunit mystery type movies like this, um, but the star-studded cast made me somewhat interested in it. Um, I thought there was going to be some cool train stuff, but there's really not. The train breaks down pretty early <laughs> on in the movie, and then it's just them trying to figure out who did it, and none of the performances are really that great. Like no one really stands out. I wouldn't say they're bad, but like, it's just kind of like serviceable from that cast. You expect like yeah. good performances. And it's, I don't know. The movie just doesn't really do a whole lot. It's pretty boring and kind of slow. And then I personally thought the whole payoff or reveal of who did it was dumb and got like pretty clunky. So I would not recommend this. Yeah, mm. I've heard not great things. So Unless which one like of them did it? Seventy years old, then you might enjoy it. Yeah, so I I'm not gonna watch the movie. So I'm curious to know if you do give a shit about Murder on the Orient Express, skip ahead like thirty seconds. Who 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 did it? Everyone. Nah. Yeah. Everyone like they were all in on it together. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck! So that. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. <laughs> What a fucking stupid movie. Yeah, it's really dumb. Well, and is was anyone not in on it? No, everyone was in on it. What's the point of the fucking movie then? Cuz he's trying to figure out who did it. But... So he was he not in on it then? <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's character. Is he the only one who wasn't in on it? Right. So the greatest detective in the world is the only guy who didn't know what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's dumb because they they keep everyone in the train the entire movie, but then like when the whole reveal thing happens, they all leave the train. And like the whole time they kind of like made it seem like no one could leave the train, but then for the big climax, everyone's outside like on a <laughs> table. It's dumb. Just like a picnic table in the snow, yeah, just right. like, "All right, guys." It's like a lineup, but they're all sitting down. <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds awful. It was bad. Um, oh, Matt, so I rewatched Anomalisa, mm. and you said you'd watched it and re- talked about it on the last mm-hmm, episode, mm-hmm. but you didn't go into detail of why you love this movie. Why? Yeah. 
because it's so all of Charlie Kaufman's movies, they all get at something that is just very like cutting and insightful as far as just like the human experience. So the idea of this guy who is just so, so bored of his life, everything about his life, his work, his relationships, place, the places he goes, the place he lives, everything is just monotony and mundane. So the idea of representing that in the form of everyone literally sounding exactly the same. Yeah. And then the fact that he, Find, here's this new voice and it's like a revelation for him and he falls in love with her. Like, I feel like that's a really interesting way to approach having very strong feelings for someone that you just can't really quantify the way it uses that like uh, uh, dynamic of the plot to explore that concept. I find really fascinating. Love the yeah. way it looks. I, it's depressing as fuck which we all know i'm into like see i don't like the animation style very much no it just i mean it doesn't look what what is it like what kind of style of animation is it it's like stop motion puppet stuff yeah i mean i guess it looks fine but i would be i'd rather watch coco like well yeah it's it's different <laughs> it's different uh the, i guess i just don't get what's like so profound by it because this seems like a movie that's supposed to be profound and has this grand idea but it presents the idea like pretty early on in the movie and just kind of like hammers that home and just runs with it like i thought a second time i'd get something else from it but like i didn't really get much else out of it no like i get what it's trying to say i get what it's trying to do and i do like what you just stated about it but like to me it's just not like a grand enough idea I'm with you, man. Doesn't do enough for me to like really, you know, get with it. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, because I feel like the movie kind of just goes flat after the morning scene of them eating breakfast together. Like that's when it like gets super interesting, and then it just kind of levels out and. See, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, though, is when he's giving his presentation and he's just fucking bombing. And he has that little speech about what is it to be human? What is it to ache? You know, like that whole speech I thought was really yeah. good. Um, and, you know, the ending of it, like uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, like calling him and saying, you know, she doesn't regret or feel weird about anything. Thank you for the wonderful night. You know, and it's just like you look at this situation from his perspective is like traumatic and very uncomfortable and then he never you know it blows up in his face and from her it's like you know she had a good night with the person that she yeah. was very fond of you know and it's just like she does she cherishes that memory you know it's just like two humans who share an experience and can have very very different visceral reactions to the same shared experience you know kind of like I think it's your experience with uh, the person you saw the movie with right <laughs> <laughs> a little bit <laughs> um yeah i guess i just don't feel as strongly about it as you but oh definitely i, get I know i'm alone on this one i remember the animation making me feel kind of claustrophobic i was cramped some of those scenes i was like I gotta get out. <laughs> but that could have just been the painful interactions the characters were having. Well. Yeah, very I, I just feel like Charlie Kaufman's known for these high concept, like grand ideas. And this one, although it is like a interesting idea, I don't feel like it's as like interesting as Internal Sunshine or you know something like that. Mm. Oh, we watched that. Rewatched it a couple weeks ago. I need to rewatch it. It's God still damn. a. 
it's still a special treasure. <laughs> it's so good. Yep. Yep. It, it like now that I've watched more of Kaufman's stuff too, it's like very now once you view it in the context of his work yeah 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 this is kind of a good segue um a movie that is about relationships and has an interesting concept i watched the one i love oh yeah and i really enjoyed it the one i love is the one with elizabeth moss and jay duplass right yes mike or uh mark 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 duplass who's jay duplass his brother transparent oh you think that guy looks like Kumail? Yeah. Did you think Mark Duplass looks like Kumail? Yeah. Jay looks more like. I don't think neither. Or I don't think either. <laughs> well, once you, once you like, well, well, okay. So like, once you get, close, I don't think neither. <laughs> like once you get a close perspective of Jay's face, he doesn't look like Kumail. But yeah. just like the eyebrows and the hair from a distance, he looks like Kumail. Two separate occasions. Like, oh, it's Kumail. Oh no, it's just Jay. Hmm. Anyway. Well, whatever. The one I love. It's a good movie. Pretty good, right? It yeah. is really good. Yeah. The ending is amazing. Yeah. The way the movie ends yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Um, so funny. But yeah, it's just a really interesting idea. I don't really want to get into the specifics of it just because if you haven't seen it, it's better just to go in cold. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm becoming I feel a like really. It's hard to talk about that movie without getting into the plot details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of food for thought, though, in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm becoming a really big fan of Elizabeth Moss. She's great. Pretty much everything she's in. It's making me want to watch Top of the Lake, that TV show. Oh, yeah. I didn't know she was in that. And I wouldn't give Mark Duplass all the credit, but he's in just so many small, like, indie movies that have, like, these awesome concepts or just, like, these, like, great relationship, great relationships, and they're just super engaging. Yeah. And I can appreciate when a movie can, like, engage me the entire runtime and be made for, like very little money with like Thor Ragnarok all the money in the fucking world and I want to kill myself <laughs> in the theater <laughs> well that's just you and I'll uh Let's rattle off a bunch go I've only right got like two left The Overnight another movie that's uh kind of a not really a high concept but it's definitely not high concept it's oh The Overnight Sarah and my friend have both seen this movie and both told me about it separately and it sounds bad no it's I, good i fucking love this movie what <laughs> um so the basic plot of it is adam scott and his wife who's the main actress in orange is the new black taylor uh Schilling. yeah so they moved to la and they don't have any friends really and you know they're trying to just get acquainted with their new where they're living and uh they meet jason schwartzman at a park where their kids are playing at and jason schwartzman's like this cool hip you know la dude yeah and he invites him over for dinner and you know super cool and casual about it and so on a whim they're like yeah let's go check it out so they go over there and everything seems fine you know they jason schwartzman and his wife seem a little too nice but you know it's kind of just whatever but then as the story progresses things get more weird and just bizarre and Basically, Jason. Well, I don't know if I want to like spoil the pl- the plot of the movie is that they want to swing with mm-hmm. the other couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it just gets really awkward and uncomfortable from there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like Adam Scott just was perfectly casted for, for that role totally. because he's playing this character who is like out of his comfort zone, but wants to impress this guy because he wants to be friends with him, but at the same time, like 
he has to, I don't know, there's like really weird scenes that happen. Like one example is um, they all go skinny dipping and Adam Scott doesn't want to go skinny dip because he has a small dick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a super awkward situation, but it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and he has like this like coming out party of like showing his dick. And it's like a huge moment for him that he tries to like explain to his wife. Oh yeah, doesn't Jason Schwartzman have a huge? They're dick both in? wearing prosthetic dicks. Adam <laughs> Scott's is like tiny, and then Jason Schwartzman has just massive fucking dick. <laughs> and Jason Schwartzman's like trying to basically comfort Adam Scott, saying like, "It's totally cool, man. I'm I'm really proud of you for you know coming out and um, just like accepting this part about yourself and." Like, Adam Scott has to try and explain that to his wife, who's just, like, totally against this idea. And it's, like, multiple times throughout the story, like, we need to get out of here. And Adam Scott's just like, but I really like it here. I feel like I'm having a big moment in my life. So it's, like, it's really weird, but it's also, like, believable at the same time. And there's, I rarely ever watch a movie and and laugh out loud laughing. But Mm -hmm. there's a scene in this movie where I was fucking dying. When they're in the garage, like, where... Uh, Jesus Horseman's showing off his paintings and Adam Scott's in there drunk and he's he's looking at his paintings and Jesus Horseman's like what do you think these paintings are of and he's like well they look kind of like buttholes <laughs> he's like exactly <laughs> and then he explains that it was a uh, like he's like oh I called this segment portals <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty funny movie portals <laughs> but right. it's literally just like a close up of a butthole and it looks like a crater it's it was it's super funny maybe i maybe i should watch it yeah it's, it's really good. short it, and i also really like the way this movie ends mm-hmm. kind of like on a, a joke yeah but it gets super <laughs> uncomfortable right before oh my God. yeah it's one of those movies that will make you feel real awkward same director as creep though and this guy still haven't seen that he kills it with the we still need to catch up with creep too yeah mm. Have you seen, you haven't seen Creep, have you, Tom? No. But yeah, big fan of the overnight. All right, cool. Loved it. Um, oh, I rewatched Wendy and Lucy. Um, mm-hmm. I feel about the same as Matt, but I wouldn't say it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. I saw that on a best movies of the like since two thousand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's the one you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, that's on there. Yeah. Okay. Is that a new list or something? Why are we all seeing this? We talked about time? it. Uh, a couple Earlier months ago, it came out this year though. Oh, okay. they published it. That's why he rewatched Million Dollar Baby. And yeah, uh, I was gonna. Th- I was thinking. Okay, what was the other one? Million Dollar Baby and oh, Spirit Away. You watched Spirit oh, Away. Right. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I just feel like because I yeah I really liked it the first time I saw it, but then it just didn't really do much for me on a rewatch. Not like it went down or anything. It just kind of doesn't have the same, same impact. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's a really small movie, so maybe that's why. It's not one of my favorites, but for how small of a movie it is, it's very affecting. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Um, do you want me to keep going? I got, saw some you new, have a ton new of releases. Like... Uh, I saw Wonder, which was wonderful. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, I didn't realize it was the same director as Perks of Being a Wallflower until after I watched it. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Um, but, it's yeah, it's super funny. It's touching it's touches a lot of like i don't know what the word um kids touches a lot of kids <laughs> like, oh uh, right this book right wasn't it a book i think you're thinking yeah, of yeah, wonders yeah. wait no it is based off a book oh yeah 
a lot of kids are reading this book right now. But yeah, it touched on a lot of like issues, I guess, like um, bullying in school, just like growing up in high school, um, living with this disorder, um, being a sibling of this type of disorder, being a parent of this type of disorder. Uh, it just touches on a lot of issues like that. And some people might say it's a little heavy handed, but it totally worked for me. And it, yeah, like Owen Wilson is super funny in it. And just like his dynamic with his wife, who's Julia Roberts is Julia really Horseface good. Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get a little jab in there. Sorry. <laughs> I hate Julia Roberts. <laughs> But yeah, she, it also lovely it kind of spends equal time with all the characters in the movie. Like they have like their own title card, and then it kind of gives their backstory. And oh, so I, it's a ripoff of the Meyerowitz stories? No, not really. <laughs> uh, I thought at first that was going to be problematic because I thought most of the story was just going to be funneled through the main kid. But it actually, I thought it handled that really well because, like, um, for example, his sister has this best friend who kind of drift apart over summer. And at first you're like, Oh, her friend's a total bitch. But then they kind of like give reasons to why you think she's a bitch. And then you kind of like relate or sympathize with her. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff and it's really enjoyable. Mm, cool. Try and catch up with that. Uh, you should also talk about Wonderstruck. Yes. Uh, I saw that with you and I talked about it on the last episode. Felt similar to Matt, just not as strong. Um, I loved the stuff at the end. Although I do feel like, I mean, you could probably say this about a lot of movies, but the whole like wrap up of the story just felt a little convenient. Like the chance meeting at the bookstore and all that. Yeah, I don't know what I would call it a chance meeting. I guess she did happen to come into the store the while he was, he was there. Yeah. But I mean, he did fall asleep though. So, I mean, we don't really know how much time passed, you know, True. like, um yeah it was good i mean it's a little slow um i do think todd haynes can direct the shit out of a period piece um although my favorite movie of his is not a period piece safe oh right that was todd haynes okay Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. also with uh julianne Mm -hmm. yes yeah yeah it was was really good i gave it four and a half right cool really yeah hmm uh, I it's saw, just not very intriguing to me. It doesn't sound like something I would really want to put on. So good. It's really, really it's really yeah. well made. Like it looks really good. Um, uh, I yeah. like the relationship between him and his friend that he makes, mm-hmm. and how like they have to kind of deal with him being deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another thing. Another thing that was kind of a nitpick <laughs> about him being deaf was that although he was deaf, he never really like struggled with it too much. You know what I mean? Like. Like, he talked perfectly, even though he was deaf. Well, that's because he lost his... He had just lost his hearing. He still knows how to talk. Right, but I thought deaf people have difficulty talking because they can't hear themselves talk. Right, but he had just... He already knew how to talk, so he can't hear himself, but he can still... Knows how to, Yeah, I guess, but I feel like you would kind of struggle with that still. As time goes on, I'm sure it probably would, yeah. But he was fresh removed from losing his hearing. Like, your volume might not be appropriate <laughs> when they do they do play on that he does talk too a loud little, a couple times but it, it it seems like they kind of just brush over that and he yeah that's really not that it's, important it's to the plot there is a moment in this movie that it doesn't say anything but just 
the way they visually present it is awesome. When the flashback part, when the girl walks out of the theater and like they show that they're going to start showing non-silent pictures Mm -hmm. and it just like crushes her because that's like her escape and like she loves going to the movies and now it's never going to be the same for her because movies are progressing and she's limited, you know, with watching them. That's brutal. It's the best moment of the movie. (laughs) So don't need to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's in my top 10. Wow. Fucking love it. Uh, Saw the new Denzel movie. Roman J. Israel Esquire. Mm. I'm not a big fan of like courtroom stuff or anything that deals with like the law. And so this was kind of boring for me. <laughs> Good movie. Just really not very engaging. Doesn't look great. It, yeah. I mean, Denzel seems like he's good. Yeah, in it, he's but... good in it. And it's a decent story. It's just, I don't know. It never even came close to Nightcrawler. And that's the main reason why I saw it. It's the same director. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't really have much to say about that. Nothing it, remarkable. It's just, okay. Yeah. Uh, I can talk about one real quick if you want. Go ahead. I watched uh, Jim and Andy. It has a really long official title. Oh, yeah. Jim and Andy. It's the uh, documentary about the making of Man on the Moon, the Jim Carrey movie about Andy Kaufman. So it's like there was behind the scenes footage of man on the moon that was basically just stored in like a, like a lock box or something for 20 years. And then this director, Chris Smith got his hands on it. So it's a lot of archival footage from behind the scenes of man on the moon because Jim Carrey would basically never break character. So he was yeah. always either Andy Kaufman or Tony something, uh, who's like another of Andy Kaufman's character. So he was always in character so you see a lot of like the behind the scenes, like him just being a dick to people, and you're like, God, Jim Carrey, you're like, what are you doing? And like, the, you see the director Milos Forman just getting like really frustrated with the fact that he has to deal with Jim Carrey doing this. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good rivalry between Jim Carrey and uh, Jerry Lawler, who's like a wrestler. So like uh, back in the uh, '70s. Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler did have like a feud, but they were friends. Like they got over it. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey was trying to like stoke that flame again, but Jerry Lawler did not like Jim Carrey. So mm-hmm. they actually like come to blows in the movie. Like Jim, <laughs> like Jerry Lawler tries to beat up Jim Carrey. So wait, is Jerry Lawler in Man on the Moon? Yes. Oh. And he's in, yeah. So he, yes, he's in Man on the Moon because they're going back to that moment. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Jim Carrey is just a fucking dick to jerry lawler so it's like it's funny because he's like trying to like immerse himself in that character but he's also maybe taking it too far and really frustrating the people and then there's also like present day interviews with jim carrey about the whole process but also just like i don't know if you guys know this but jim carrey is fucking crazy he's a weirdo yeah he seems weird gone off the rails he for sure has gone off the rails Mm. so like he there's a portion of the talks like his career so you know that's interesting because he's had a a really interesting career um but totally worth watching even if you haven't seen man on the moon it's really fascinating it's so Mm. weird how he was like the king of comedy in the 90s and now he's just kind of like an afterthought he's still in like the pop culture or whatever but he's just doing like super weird roles and he gets into that he's got that big huge beard 
yeah he, he kind of talks about about his approach to life and just his career in general and it's actually pretty interesting did, do they go into detail about because i remember hearing about him like painting and he has like really interesting paintings does uh, it go into that at all or no uh they they might hit the internet a couple months ago about yeah he is a painter but i never looked into it or Hmm. i don't think it's in the documentary Uh, but yeah his paintings are actually pretty cool he's he's pretty good what style i mean i don't remember i I saw the super abstract or is it like it's a little abstract but it's you know a little it's not like slightly abstract (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not like uh fucking uh jackson pollock or anything like that you know okay uh yeah it's good we're checking it out it's a netflix original um should i watch man on the moon before i watch that? if you can yeah. yeah man on the moon's great that's kind of why i haven't watched the documentary because i would like to catch up with it but i feel like i should watch that beforehand yeah you should is it good man on the moon yeah yeah it's great whoa these paintings are a little abstract what, show me what they look like <clears throat> so there's like a flower vase oh that's pretty cool. thing and then I don't know what that is, but it's colorful. This is really playing for the listeners. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, this appears to be Jesus. Oh, yeah. But they're kind of cool, right? Like, Yeah, they are kind of cool. I saw a couple other new releases. I finally caught up with uh, Girls Trip. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? It's funny. It's good. Overrated. Really? It is probably one of the best comedies of the year, but that's not really saying much. Yeah, mm-hmm. it hasn't been a great year for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you would consider The Big Sick a full-on comedy, but I would say that's that had at least bigger laughs for me than Girls Trip. Granted, I saw Big Sick in a full theater. Girls Trip, I just watched it home with Chelsea. Right. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it's it's trying to be like, the hangover or like bridesmaids but it's not as good or as funny as either of those um some of the scenes are a little too raunchy or like you know like them peeing on everyone that was like that was pretty funny i don't think it was that it it wasn't that funny to me and it just seemed a little too far out there especially for like the reputation that those girls are supposed to have like you know in their normal lives or whatever like that shit would definitely come to fruition i didn't day. like i didn't like the first part of that bit where yeah. jada pink and smith like just can't help it and she she pees on everyone because yeah. she gets stuck but tiffany haddish just like coming to the rescue and just like full-on just pissing on everybody below mm. her that was pretty funny she was funny the grapefruit scene was fucking ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> but she does a thing that and it's maybe not her fault maybe like the director's fault i hate when comedic actors just go too far with the joke like melissa mccarthy is notorious for that where the scene just won't end and she just keeps fucking diarrhea jokes out of her mouth and i guess they're <laughs> supposed to be funny like she does that in the heat and the, the heat is garbage i don't, I don't know if it's it. garbage it's, it's okay it's pretty bad it's okay <laughs> zach Hot. alfanakis does this a lot uh will ferrell does it in certain movies but they just go on and on and on and they before they cut the scene and, and i think it'd just be funnier if they made one or two jokes rather than like mm-hmm. six or seven but it was okay it's got a good message towards the end especially you know to empower women yeah it's cool yeah cool uh i got one other i saw headhunters headhunters yeah headhunters it stars uh 
uh, Nikolai Koster Waldau. Oh, what okay, I love him. <laughs> it's Jamie Lannister. Oh, oh okay. yeah, should have just said that. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Lannister is in this movie. Um, it's on your want to watch list on Letterbox. Travis. There's a lot of stuff on that list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, where where are these guys from? They're like Danish or something. How can you tell it's on my watch list? It says, want to watch in your picture. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's from 2011. An accomplished headhunter risks everything to obtain a valuable painting owned by a former mercenary. Oh, this is the guy who directed uh, Imitation Game and Passengers. Passengers Morton, Morton Tildum. Oh, okay. Well, it's a, it's a fun story. It's really absurd. Um, it's really outrageous, but, uh, and it's subtitled, but it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. I'm okay uh, with the subtitles. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's, yeah? uh, yeah, I, I had a great time with it. We uh, had some friends come over. Four stars. Action packed, inter- entertaining. Yeah. Did I give it five stars? That's not right. Anyway. Uh, no, I give it four. Is Steve Buscemi in this movie? No, but, I think uh, it looks a remake, like aren't it- they? Is this the, the main that, guy? Doesn't that look like Steve Buscemi? Yeah, the main guy's pretty unattractive. That's not Steve Buscemi, though? That's not Steve Buscemi. Well, they might be doing a re- U.S. remake of this. Really? I think so. Okay. It's this or something else similar. Yeah. Like Headshot? I don't know. Well, <laughs> Headshot. <laughs> the idea, the main character is a headhunter for a company, and he steals art on the side, and he's going broke, and he needs to steal another art piece. And then someone gives him a tip, and he goes and does that, and things get all kinds of mixed up. Um, so it's an art heist? Uh, it's more what happens after the heist. Oh, okay. Would you classify this as a heist film? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but it, it also takes you by surprise with how serious it gets at moments, so check it out all right cool i only have one thing left to talk about how much do you still want to talk i'm gonna burn through some stuff real quick um so i saw fat girl it's a criterion release Mm -hmm. you heard about it yeah you seen it i haven't seen it oh i would say go in as cold as possible i would just say it's like a coming of age movie i don't even want to say anything about it but i should watch it just watch it okay i wouldn't and i also wouldn't say it's well at least in my opinion it's it's really good but it's not amazing um but there's something about it that i just want you guys to experience <laughs> all right <laughs> and i don't want to even say what it yeah okay. just nothing uh but watch it uh i watched the rover oh yeah yeah that movie's okay that's the uh, animal kingdom guy right yeah it's uh like it about a, a land rover post-apocalyptic movie with guy pierce and uh robert pattinson it's good this is a rewatch for me, so I watched it the first time, gave it three and a half stars, watched it this time thinking I'd like it a lot more. No, I gave it three and a half stars. It's like four stars for me, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it's very, like, minimalist. Like, it's not like Fury Road <laughs> at all. Um, there's, like, a through line through it, and there's, like, a huge payoff at the end that's supposed to make you just really, like, resonate or feel for the main character. Um but it doesn't really do a whole lot. Like, there's not a lot that really happens. And I do love Robert Pattinson, especially in Good Time. 
but his performance in this is Especially. a little too showy. Like he has like these weird ticks and you can definitely tell that the character there's like a screw loose or something wrong with him, but they don't ever explain why or why he may be like that. It, like maybe it's like PTSD or something, but I feel like he's just kind of overacting a little. Yeah, I felt that way too. That he has like a lot of these like weird I think he's supposed to be like ticks. mentally handicapped, I think. Yeah. At least that's the vibe I got from it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, Benny Softy played the uh, mentally handicapped character better, better than Patton. <laughs> Good time. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that one. Oh, I watched that Unfriended movie. The, the horror movie? Yeah, it's <laughs> not very good. No? So there's some people who really like it, but for me, like, the kids just get annoying after a while. It's, it, it's about what you would expect as far as, like, teenagers who just, like, get online and hang out together, but then... Um, there's like this thing that haunts them. It has to do with someone in their class. It was like bullied, right? Yeah. But visually, it's not very interesting. Like, because the whole movie is basically just like a computer screen. So I got kind of bored of that aesthetic and it never deviates from that. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of corny and the performances obviously aren't that great. It's just a bunch of like random no name teenage actors. Um, I haven't seen Unfriended, but I have seen The Den, and The Den is pretty good. It's basically the exact same concept. Yeah, it's all like Skype and, you know, from that, yeah, yeah, about a haunting. It's good, though. Um, I watched Domino, Tony Scott movie with uh, Keira Knightley. Bad. Very bad. Sucks, yeah. Yeah, very bad. Mainly the visual style is just garbage all over the place. (laughs) Movie, music video, it's bad. Um, People were so, so high on Kara Knightley those days. Yeah. Well, and her doing an action movie was something different, but mm. uh, I watched Unstoppable, another Tony Scott movie. The uh, Stenzel and Chris Pine, right? Yep. Tra- this is a better train movie than Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> How about the Taking of Pelham One Two Three? Which one? The remake or the original? The remake. Remake is not very good. Original is pretty good. <laughs> John Carpenter, right? No. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Assault on Precinct 13 is yeah. what I'm thinking of. Uh, but yeah, Unstoppable is pretty good. It's just like a entertaining, thrilling, just one event type movie. Uh-huh. They got to stop the train before it creates a catastrophe. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, I saw Last Flag Flying. Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. And? It's really good. Like I told you, Tom. Is that, uh... I would say it's, well, it's between good yeah. and really good. It's mostly good as far as like just the characters interacting and I'm sure it would, might even play well with older people who like had friends from high school or college or war and then, you know, met up with them 20 years later to try and rekindle their friendship. Um, but yeah, all the performances are great. Brian Cranston's like the funny guy of the group and he's like a bar owner and doesn't really care about much. And then, um, his face morpheus Steve Carell? oh lawrence fishburne <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's morpheus he was kind of like a wild and crazy guy back in the day but now he's a priest and so he's very reserved and um is kind of just giving his views not like over over preachy about it but um and then steve Carell is just like the the guy who's dealing with the death of his son and right they're there to basically comfort him even though they haven't really been around forever so it's kind of like a awkward situation for them all um but the 
the best parts about it is just them like hanging out and having conversations together, right. which is probably obvious considering it's a link later movie. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll probably love it. I want to try and catch up with it. <laughs> Tom, save I'm going to skip it. Save it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I watched Patterson. You hadn't already seen it? Mm-mm. It's okay. It's all right, right? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Sarah loves it. Really? Really? Yeah. It's boring. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah it looks I, so boring. It's kind of slow, and it, I don't. I don't think it really does much as far as like what it's trying to say, other than like some people live simple lives and are, are, and are okay with it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Thanks, Adam Driver <laughs> when he's a little bit on edge, when he's a little anxious, you know. A little neurotic. It's a little maybe I got a screw loose or yeah, you don't really yeah. know what he's capable of. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not really big into poetry yeah. and this, I, so I couldn't say if this is good poetry or bad poetry, but the Adam Driver's character in it writes this like very basic poetry. It doesn't rhyme. It's, it's about like just monotonous things like what he's seen when he's looking out the window. Like The director wrote all that poetry, didn't he? Yeah. Probably. I, yeah. But I mean, it, it's not bad. It's just doesn't really do anything mm-hmm. exciting or grand. Actually, now that I think about it, there's there's some uh, they got some well known poet to do most of the poems. Oh, there. most of them, right? He just did like one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, the movie's okay. Um, I just have a few rewatches, so we could probably move on. I only have one thing left to talk about, and it's a rewatch. Go ahead. So, I, I rewatched Get Out. Uh, so second second time seeing it. You're the first one to rewatch, I think, right? Uh, I guess. Have you guys seen it yet? No. I haven't rewatched it yet. No. I bought it uh, Black Friday. It's like six bucks or something. Yeah. I bought and... the steelbook. Uh, Paris had not seen it yet, so I watched it with Paris and a girlfriend who who loves loved the movie. She's seen it. It's still a four point five for me. Did it go up or down? It's at all? the same. No, it's still it's a great movie, but it's not one of the year's best for me. There's enough little nitpicky things that is it the whole camera flash thing is really what bugs me about it because like two very important plot points hinge on the fact that it can't like a camera flash triggers, and the only explanation they give is well, it seems like the camera flash is what triggered it, so then he knows at the end to do it again. Like just little nitpicky stuff like that. It's also, you can tell they filmed it on not the nicest cameras. It was filmed digitally. At least it seems like it anyway. Uh, still a fantastic movie. Like, Was it cool, though, like watching it, knowing everything? Like, Did you pick up on any little details that you didn't the first time? No, not really. Hmm. They, I mean, if anything, it makes it even worse. because yeah, like, you know what's going to happen. Well, no, but, but like the way that the people who are already have undergone the surgery, like uh, the, the help on the the house or whatever like the way they act when you know why they're acting that way it doesn't really match up once you know like because hmm. you're like why are they acting so weird you know but now once you know that i guess I, i'm not going to talk about the spoiler but if anything it makes it a little bit worse for me anyway knowing what happens just because things don't really line up for me i don't know why i'm so nitpicky with this movie it is really good but fringe top 10 no bummer it's gonna be in my top 10 Fringe, yeah, as be... in it's like 14 or 15 or something like that. Like okay. It's only going to move further That's down the list. Fringe. I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, there might have been like one or two other rewatches, but nothing I want to talk about. What, are, what time are we at? Uh, just past two hours. Oh, okay. 
You know what I've been trying to watch mm. and just can't really enjoy? It's a good place. Really? I've seen like six or seven episodes. And it's just not doing it for you? <laughs> it's not that funny. I think it's pretty funny. I laugh a lot watching that show. It's not. I don't have anything to say about that show because I haven't watched it, but um, mm. I did finish Stranger Things too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you still haven't? Nope. Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. You yeah. think it's better, right, than the first season? Yes, Me but too. I don't have a good reason why. I do. Oh. <laughs> I think it's, well, definitely a bigger production, so they're able to do cooler things with it. Yeah. Uh, the ending is a lot more like satisfying to me and it feels more epic like there's definitely bigger consequences towards the end of second season than there's first season mm-hmm. the thing that the first season does better is just like the dynamic between the kids because they're interacting with each other yeah. more but like the first season also i think has uh, a better sense of suspense because you yeah. know or someone actually dies with... in season one who somebody someone dies in season two yeah, but you just know that no one you actually care about. That's not true. You care. You do care, you care. but I thought that. But it's also did that really the well. new character is also the one that's probably going to die. It's not going to be one of the kids or something, right? That'd be fucked up, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like the new characters too, though. Like I like Max a lot. Yeah. Did you also think that episode seven was the worst thing you'd ever seen? Uh, the like <laughs> the one-off type episode. Yeah. I don't think it was the worst thing, but it was. Definitely the low point of the season. Yeah. It's a little too, um, what's it called? I don't On the nose. <laughs> yeah. It's a little too <laughs> lots of things. <laughs> um, yeah. But The Good Place, man, I just, I'm not, I'm not digging it. There's like no chemistry between, who, who's the guy who's always trying to teach her how to be a good person? Cheaty. Yeah, Cheaty. That dude is so boring. I love Cheaty. No. No. I don't know why this is such a feel-good thing for you, but it's, it's just like not <laughs> that good. I think it's funny. I think the plot is interesting. Like, it yeah. goes places. I mean, I, I haven't gotten there yet. But. Sarah and I keep trying to watch it because, you know, you're not the only person that oh. we hear good things about this from. And I was just she like... not into it either? No. Oh. But we both have seen, like, You're not, like, invested episodes. on, like, what's going on with The Good Place? I mean, a little, like, not really. I don't know. You don't think Ted, Ted Danson's funny? Uh, yeah, he's the highlight. And then I like the uh, the British girl. She's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I hated her at first. Oh, yeah, for sure. What about the the stupid... Uh... Oh, he was funny for like two seconds, and then I was annoyed with him. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Jason? Is that his name? Yeah, his name is Jason. I know, the monk. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Did I ever say I finished season two of True Detective? I finally did. Yeah, I think you did. If you I told me, you not to watch if it. You asked me what the plot of that season is. I couldn't tell. I don't. You. I already don't remember. <laughs> um. Oh. Also, I watched the first episode of two new shows. One is Future Man, and it was really, really bad, and I didn't even finish it. Really? Yeah. I actually, I had a friend who just said that it's awesome and I should watch it. Was it Brian? No. It was like, <laughs> it was over the top, um, kind of gross humor. And then uh, definitely trying to bank on some, on the nostalgia stuff and the video game stuff that's all really popular right now. Um, I think they go back to the 60s though. And then the two sidekick characters are so stupid. It was just, it was so, it was such a stupid, stupid show. Nothing was funny. 
So if it's not Rick and Morty or Bob's Burgers, get out of here, right? Hey, I like lots of stuff, Travis. <laughs> Future Man. Don't put me in a box. <laughs> is not one of them. Um, and then I tried to watch, uh, or we watched the first episode of Godless, the new Western seven-part epic from Netflix that has a lot of female, you know, powerful female characters and is getting a lot of critical praise. And it was boring. Yeah. You watched all of it? No, no, no. Just the first episode. But like it was, I'm not invested. I don't know if I'll watch another. I'm waiting for that Coen Brothers miniseries. Comes out next year. Really? They're making one? Yeah. A Western? Something, a Buster Scruggs Scruggs or something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's something like that. What is it? So that, something of Buster Scruggs. Scruggs? Yeah. Something so. like that. Yeah. It's it's like a mini uh, uh, Western mini series. Yeah. Coen Brothers written and directed. Yeah, that'll be cool. Uh all right, we're going kinda long. Do you how much do you have left? Oh, um, I was just gonna give up there. We haven't oh, done okay. at World's I End. Mainly just oh yeah, you guys need to talk oh, about yeah. World's End. Let me see. Oh, I did watch I don't have anything to say about it, but Order of the Phoenix fucking done with those movies dude you're getting to the good stuff you're giving up Keep at going. order of the I'm phoenix i'm watching the same movie every single order of the phoenix is good but I was dude bored. serious bored out of my mind when serious dies bored out of my come mind. on what's wrong with you man kill me now those are great movies no <laughs> movies suck i was on board like the first and second one and then after you have no imagination i guess not. <laughs> that's what it boils down to um <laughs> Okay, let's talk about At World's End. Okay, so I just watched this the other day. At World's End, Pirates of the Caribbean, At Sorry, World's End. The, world, the, world's, the end? world's End? I don't know. I can't get it right. I got it wrong so many times trying to find it on the internet. <laughs> so it's been a while since I've seen Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, but I feel like this is... The worst. The worst of... Yeah. Edgar Wright. I agree. It's so I, good, though. I didn't even... Yeah, no, it is... Is it? I didn't love it. I didn't love it either. I liked it. I sort of liked it. I... Uh, I wait. Did I talk about this last time? Yeah, you yeah. did. Oh, I did. Oh, okay. Never mind. You didn't really have much to say about it. But... Oh, I thought I I thought we saved it for you or something. Uh, we kind of did. I yeah, I don't know. Because it was you're you're the one who lost, right? Yeah. You were the one who was supposed to watch it. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. I like the concept of it, like friends getting back together and trying to accomplish like the what is it, beer crawl or whatever pub crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it starts to reveal itself and what it actually is it, meh. you liked it first before there were weird blue juice robots yeah oh i way preferred robot world eh. <laughs> it was yeah it was okay well, i'm bummed neither of you guys I don't very much movie's lame I still, I mean, I, I have only seen it the one time, so maybe I should rewatch it. But I remember thinking it was hilarious. Uh, who's that guy? The main actor in those movies? Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Yeah, he takes his shirt off at one point, and I was like really surprised to see how jacked that guy is. He had like a, a serious six pack, but he looks like an old turtle head guy, <laughs> probably from birth. So I was, I was shocked to see that. That was a highlight for you. That was the most interesting. Shredded bond. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, anything else before we introduce uh, the new segment? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, we've teased this a little bit the past couple episodes, but uh, 
We're going to be introducing a new segment, not to replace the Rotten Tomatoes game, but maybe trade off. We'll do it occasionally. I don't think we could do this every time because we'd probably want to kill ourselves, but we're going to introduce a new segment called Cinephiles Diarrhea, where we all watch uh, a terrible movie and then get together and uh, riff on it, have some fun this week. Uh, next episode. Stream it. <laughs> we are going to be watching Suburban Commando, starring Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Christopher yeah. Lloyd, and Shelley Duvall. Uh, I'll, I'll read the back of this uh, DVD copy that Travis has. Oh, I should say the rules is that we'll only watch it if it has less than 17% on, or less than 17, less than 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was going to say, that's a very yeah. specific This number. is at 17%, and it reads, Hulk Hogan leads an all-star cast, including Christopher Lloyd and Shelley Duvall, yeah. on a hilarious and high-spirited action comedy adventure. Stranded on Earth, a lone galactic warrior, Hogan, attempts to adapt to neighborhood life, with results that truly alienate his neighbors. But when his evil nemesis tracks him across the universe to his backyard bungalow, he must rally he must rally all the earthling help he can to repel the nefarious invader. Tom is stoked. Some like college kid got to write the back of this. Listen to the first <laughs> sentence of the letterbox synopsis. <laughs> Shep Ramsey is an interstellar hero. Writing wrongs, etc. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you can't use etc. <laughs> One thing. So uh, we should try and get together and watch this together so that we can make it a little more tolerable. But that sounds dope. Yeah. Yeah. We'll watch it, etc. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely saw that as a kid, but I have not seen it in many years, and I'm assuming it's awful. Maybe we'll love it. Maybe this Maybe. is a hidden gem. Yeah. Uh, Diamond in the rough. So anyway, we'll talk about that the next time we record. But uh, next episode is going to be huge. We're going to be talking about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, The Disaster Artist, yeah. and probably shape The Shape of Water, of water oh, too. Man. Reserve three hours. Water boys. takes the shape <laughs> of whatever container it's in. I'm That's a defining excited. characteristic of liquid. <laughs> Well, you just spoiled the movie, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm very excited for Shape of Water and obviously Last Jedi. Well, and Disaster Art. Yeah, I'm it should really be good. All these. Yeah, so it'll be a big episode. Uh, maybe we'll get a guest or something for. Star oh hi Wars, Mark. You know. Oh hi Mark. <laughs> so we'll see. Should be should be a good one. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, send us an email: cinephilesdigest at gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at cinephiledigest that's gonna do it for this week any uh last shout outs for the listeners you guys want to cram in before we go you know the blazers could use your support right now that's really all the blazers the blazers need your thoughts and prayers so everyone please before you go to bed at night or your money you know (laughs) support the home games so we can um get more players that know how to shoot don't they have a salary cap in the nba they do yeah so only so much money yeah, just like a hundred million. Just use it better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Everyone, take care.